Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happened to Mike Schmidt, 40 year old boy podcast. Uh, how are you? Are you good? I hope you're good. Hope you're wearing a mask. Hope you're staying inside. Hope you're not touching your face. Hope you're washing your hands. Hope you're avoiding the germ. The germ is still among us. Uh, there's a fungus among us, and it is the germ. It is lurking. It is climbing into your nose and going into your lungs and living there. And then you get to be intubated. Is there anything you want more than a nurse with gloves to jam something down your throat? Look, that all sounds like a fun fetish. Doesn't that sound good? Just lay down naked in a bed and have somebody jam something into your mouth. Uh, but then they start jamming it down your throat. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Even if she's got a nurse costume on that, there's a bit much to that fetish, quite frankly. Uh, I don't see a lot of good things on the horizon for us. <laughs> I, I, I know you probably feel the same way, although there's a good thing. There are people who can exist in a in a world where they don't uh, the unobserved world, I suppose, is what you'd call it. Um where they're just they're they're cooking out hamburgers and they're and they're very excited and happy and not worried about things and I I don't I don't know who those people are, uh, but I have to find more of them. I need them to be my people. I need to pull myself, extricate myself from uh, from worrying about everything. Not even worrying, just fucking. It's because that's the thing. It's like I'm not even worried. I'm just kind of like yeah, fuck this. You know what I mean? And that's not a healthy way to be either. Certainly, you know, because always like, dude, when shit happened in the past, you'd be like, all right, well, this will ride this out and we'll see what happens. And it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Right. Um, I enjoyed living in a passive world, one in which I could just be me and everything else would just kind of fly by. Didn't have to sit there and go, oh, what's going on? Do I have to who to but do I why doesn't that guy do this? I got to do this. Oh, my God. Uh, and and it's, it's something as simple as, oh, my God, why won't that guy wear a mask to buy pudding? And it's something as complicated as, hey, who are these anonymous figures who are snatching people off the streets in Portland and throwing them into unmarked vans and driving off into the night? And I don't I don't want to ponder that shit right now. I, I, you know, not this week anyway. I don't know why. Because you know why? Because I feel you know, here's the thing. I enjoyed the unexamined life, if that makes any sense. I, I uh, let, well, let's just put it this way. But with nothing going on, with me trapped in this fucking habit trail, uh, last week we turned our we looked at ourselves and we didn't we didn't really care for what we discovered. Are there changes afoot? Certainly. There's always there's look, I always have a list. I got plans. Um, 
It's just a matter of implementing them and making them work. I've talked to John this week, my good friend John uh, at the gym, who has not been to the gym since March, he told me. Uh, he, he works, well, he works at two different gyms. You know, my gym's a fucking sweat box, but then he works at another gym called slow gym or something where they do, uh, a lot of, you know, like dynamic resistance and real slow up movements and slow down movements. I actually, (laughs) I just did one now while I was telling you about it. Oh yeah. Up slow and down slow. And it's not good, but, um, it's, I mean, it's good. You know, you're doing that thing where you're holding like a hundred pounds and just lowering it super, super slow. It's called super slow, but that's the, the technique, whatever he's been there, but he told me he's got to wear gloves and a mask with everybody. Also, you can't have multiple trainers. There's, there's only one person per training session and then they sterilize the gym and then the next person comes in and then they do that and then they sterilize the gym. So his, his life is a fucking coin flip at this point. So he, but he's not even going to the sweat box gym. But he informed me that he has just purchased a bunch of kettlebells and and dumbbells and weights. And he said, if I wanted to work out outside, I would do that. So those of you who've been longtime listeners, you realize it and uh, and you never thought it was going to happen. But it's true. We're going back to the Lord's gym. Not yet. I don't have a schedule yet. Uh, and I hate using those dynamic tension bands on a tree because, again, you just look like a fucking hobo. And I, but uh, it's... It's better than looking like what I look like now, which is Chet from fucking Weird Science after the spell. I mean, it's just a fucking nightmare right now. So looking forward to John getting his stuff and squared away. And then because uh, then I can go to the park and lift and then run and and be outside in the sun. And uh, and I want to soak up the sun. I'll be like Cheryl Crow out there anyway. Uh, so so this week, you know what I'm doing? Fuck it. I'm taking uh, we're, we're going to uh, you remember fun. Remember when you could leave the house and actually do stuff? Remember you could actually go out to places and do things? And, and then I would do that and I would come back here and I would dutifully report it to you every goddamn week. And you'd be like, oh, the adventures of Mike. Weren't the adventures of Mike fun? Um, now there are no adventures of Mike. The adventures of Mike now are like, hmm, how long will his shower be? And will the, uh, will the playlist time it enough where he gets out of the shower on a good song? Who knows, man? Uh, will, will his package from Amazon come? Will his package from the fucking shirt place come? All of these things are in play and they're not worth discussing with you at this point. Anyway, perhaps in the future, you'll want to hear all about delivery men and the packages they've left on my doorsteps. That would be fine. Um, but right now today we're going to, we're going to, uh, I'm going to unearth the past for you just because you know why I feel fucking relentlessly negative. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, and I don't, I don't. I don't feel like to this week to be let's let's do a soft reboot and then we can be fucking negative next week. Let's let's stoke the fires of rage next week because this shit ain't going away. You know what I mean? It's it's not like uh, everything's going to be fixed in a week. And if it is, that'll be fucking glorious. I'll be out kissing nurses in fucking Times Square. That'll be fine. Um, but in my opinion, it's this is just we're kind of in this for the long haul. I mean, anytime you read a story that says <laughs> says, uh this fall and winter will be among the most difficult times in the history of the United States. And uh, in July, you know, that 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 sounds ominous. Uh, you know what it's going to sound like in November? Oh, my Christ, it's going to be terrible. So I just I just picture sounds of people wailing in the night. I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but I know that I will be here to diligently report it to you, hiding in my house, in my apartment, peering out the blinds and cracking the door open to hear people dying in the streets. Whatever the fuck's going to happen, I'll be here. Uh, but let's take this week to not do that. Let's take this week to not 
talk about Trump and beans and uh, which is happening, which is fucking stupid. I, you know, again, we just live in the dumbest fucking timeline. We live in this. We, we live in the stupidest world you could ever imagine where where the president's daughter holds up a can of beans and everybody's like, yeah, how brave. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, fucking beans. I, and I don't. And then these fucking dudes go and buy a million beans because the liberals are protesting the beans. And then these guys are buying the beans. And I, oh, my fucking God. You know, if I, if I was some fucking company, I, I would like literally, I, I would fucking come out in favor of Trump like one week. So then I had a huge spike in sales. And then a week later, I'd be like, oh, man, you know what? We fucked up. We didn't mean Trump. Uh, that guy's awful. And then another huge. Ah, and then because then the liberals will be like, ah, hi. It's not even the liberals, just the fucking idiots. All right. It's all idiots. It's not it's not liberals and conservatives doing that. There are no real liberals going, well, I'm going to boycott Goya beans because the their CEO like ah, fuck off. And there's no real conservatives going, I can't wait to buy all the Goya beans because they support president. No, 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 no. You are not real people. You are fake and phony and fucking stupid and and. What are you doing? It's the dumbest fucking thing in the world because they're going to literally I can't wait until there's like a food bank that has to get all the Goya beans that these fucking people who bought them won't eat. And then people show themselves like eating Goya beans on the ha ha. Look at me. And they're on Twitter. Just America's open mic. That is the fucking worst. We know this, right? This whole fucking country's turned into an ice cream headache. I mean it because anytime, anytime you hear anything that's going on, whenever you hear a story, don't you just put your fingers on your temples and go, oh, Jesus, what the fuck? Unreal. Whether it's whether it's a governor in Georgia outlawing masks now, (laughs) saying, no, now you can't wear masks. The, the, the Chaz Palminteri of the United States, now you can't wear masks. Locks the door to Georgia, and everybody's got to die in the bar. What the fuck, man? Opening schools, forcing kids to go to school and die. I mean, it's just... And then and then the other people are like, oh, man, kids don't die. Only like 1% of kids die. And it's like, okay, so you're okay with 40,000 kids dying or whatever the fucking number is? I don't... I th- Doesn't it... It's just... It's like we're all walking around with with a fucking you ever be go out in the summer and sweat, you know, you're out running around or playing games or whatever when you're a kid and then you're just fucking swarmed by midges or gnats. There's like a fucking thousand of them just swirling around your because you're sweating and they like the salt. So they're they're flying around your face and your eyes and you're constantly waving them away trying to get them away from you but they just won't go away. That's that's the news. That's the world. That's Twitter. That's everything, man. And and I told you I have friends who reached out and like, dude, you gotta you gotta take yourself out of the fucking equation here. And and so this week, this week we do. Uh, this week we. Uh, as much as I'd love to talk about the Supreme Court deciding that Florida felons have to pay their fines before they can vote, nobody wants to hear me talk about that shit. I don't want to hear anybody. I because I look. I know you don't want to hear me talk about it because I don't want to hear anybody else talk about it. All of a sudden, everybody gets their pipe out and their slippers. They're like, well, here's how I feel about the Florida felon voting. Shut the fuck up. Man, oh, man. So uh, so let's throw it back. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the people who support this show, and then we'll throw it back. We'll, we'll revisit some uh, a time when we could leave the house, a time when things got done and we were able to go places and... Uh, and uh, and and quite frankly, a show that I thought was real funny. So I'm gonna, I'm going to bring you that. Um, I will tell you again. Please remember, I I, uh, I have the Patreon page. 
If you want to go to the patreon.com slash the 40-year-old boy or Mike40YOB, either way, put in Patreon Mike Schmidt and it's going to come up. You're going to see my smiling face there. Uh, go ahead and sign up for the Patreon page. That'd be fantastic. I'd appreciate it very much. Um, if you do that, uh, you will consider yourself among the ranks of the lovely people like our friend John Sheffield, who became a patron this week. Thank you, John. John stepped up to support the show. John, I appreciate you going ahead and including me in your future plans, helping out the show. Because, again, as I've mentioned many times, if you're if you're going to support the show, this is a very good time to support this show. Uh, so thank you, John Sheffield. I'm glad you became a patron. And let's talk about this. Let's talk about our good friend Manny Mo, our friend Manny Mo Garcia down in Orange County. Uh, I call him the King of Kings, and I know you're like, well, that's reserved for Jesus. Well, I got news for you. Manny Moe's my Jesus at this goddamn point. Um, Manny Moe has uh, has done an unbelievably generous thing on Patreon, and I thank you so much for that, Manny Moe. He's always very supportive on the Twitch channel. He's just a dude who, uh, he you know, he, he's in the liner notes of my fucking CD. He's been around from the beginning, man, and always supportive, always incredibly nice, and always thoughtful. Um, and I've, I've mentioned before, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet him and thank him in person, but every time I get the opportunity to thank him, I'm going to take it. So here's one again right now. Thank you so much, Manny Mo, for stepping up on Patreon and you can do the same patreon.com, uh, go there and look for Mike Schmidt. That's me. You'll see me. You'll see a little Schmitty and you can go ahead and support the show that way. I appreciate you thinking of me. Thank you. Uh, before I get into, let's talk about our sponsors real fast before we go ahead and, uh, and delve into more things you can do to help me. Uh, let's talk about the people who do help me. Our sponsors, like our good friend, Fearful Jesuit at the Paranoid Strain Podcast. And I will tell you this. Um, this was supposed to be a fantastic weekend for Fearful Jesuit, a landmark weekend. But then the germ got involved and the germ queered the deal on that. And uh, and I, I can only hope that he knows that I wish him the best and I cannot wait to uh, to be involved the next time he's able to celebrate something. And uh, without the thought of anybody getting sick and collapsing and falling dead right there <laughs> amidst the pews. Um, so fearful on the compound, I guess. Do they have pews in a monk compound? I don't know if they do. Is there, are there pews in a... Look, I was there, but I didn't see any pews. But I didn't explore the whole grounds because the monks are making rice and painting plates. Uh, you know, and he's, they're painting plates at Peyton Place, which is really hard to do. So um, fearful Jesuit, he, he, uh, he had a big weekend scheduled. And it turned, uh, unfortunately, sour, but uh, he will make the most of it, and I'm glad he does. And his show, you want to make it up to him? Go download his show. The Paranoid Strain is the podcast. It's available right now in the iTunes Store or Apple's Podcasts, whatever you want to fucking call it, or wherever you can find podcasts. I'm sure you can find it. The Paranoid Strain, hosted by our friend Fearful Jesuit. The show right now is a is a recap, where he's talking about all the things he's talked about in the past. Kind of... Bringing you up to speed on things like chemtrails, the, the 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 protocols of the elders of Zion. He's talking about terrorism and the chemtrails and uh, posse comitatus and chemtrails. I just like saying chemtrails because, again, remember when that was a thing? That was so fun. I enjoyed chemtrails. It didn't. You know what? Nobody said, oh, look at those chemtrails. I'm going to eat some beans. Nobody had to eat beans to deal with the fucking chemtrails. Um, please leave a review in the iTunes store. At the Paranoid Strain, tell him you downloaded it, you loved it, you subscribe, you listen, and it's fantastic. You can write to our friend uh, Jesuit a note, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com, theparanoidstrain at gmail.com. Reach out to our good friend, the fearful one. Tell him you love the show. Tell him you heard about it through us. Makes him think we're still hitters, and uh, and he makes uh, him want to still be involved with the show. 
Uh, tell them how much you love the story of Angel Cruz and the bank takeover. Look, listen, there's so many good things in this episode. Go listen now. Go listen to all the episodes. Download them all if you haven't. What are you doing? You're in your fucking house. You're not going anywhere. Just fucking download the goddamn thing. Listen to all of the shows. Paranoid Strain uh, is available right now in the iTunes store. Leave a review. Again, write him a note if you want to. And uh, and just tell them how great the show is. And tell your friends. Get them to download it. All sorts of conspiracy bullshit. Because, look, I got news for you. Uh, I talk about how I don't want to delve into whatever. I'm like, all right, but we're going to have to because that's the world. I've got to talk about things in the world going forward. But this week we... We woe the horses, we water them, we tie them up, and we spend the night in in, in Deadwood for a while. Just one one week we'll spend in Deadwood until next week. Got to hit the trail again. Um, but this is motherfucking paranoid strain. This is this is fearful Jesuit's gravy. He loves this shit, man. This is what he lives for. So he is never going to be out of content. He is never going to be out of business as long as these ass fucks continue eating beans in support of whoever the fuck. Uh, as long as there's still shady, anonymous guys on the streets of Portland throwing people in unmarked vans, our friend uh, Fearful Jesuit will have a show, and uh, and he will be able to tell you all the things behind why that's real and why it's not. So please, go subscribe to the Paranoid Strain podcast in the iTunes store right now. Uh, and and if you want to write Fearful Jesuit and tell him, hey, man, I, I you know I'm sorry your weekend got turned upside down, but I'm sure it's going to be better going forward, you can do that at theparanoidstrain at gmail.com, theparanoidstrain.com at gmail.com. Write him a note. Why wouldn't you do that? You should, probably. Uh, please remember that Ryan Dirks is the web stuff for this show. He's great. You can get him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Our buddy Casey Bills takes care of the YouTube for me these days. Uh, I don't think he wants you to find him anywhere. <laughs> I think he wants to remain hidden, and I don't blame him. Uh, of course, our friend David Hernandez does all of the cool-ass artwork and stuff for this show. He does the music. Uh, you can find him at facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. If you want to hire him to do some stuff for you too, you can go ahead and check out all the artwork he's got there on his page. He's got photos. He's got a bunch of cool ass stuff. Uh, if you sort through his photos, you'll see the artwork he's done for me. He's done for the Westside 86 Jokers page. You can check that out and say, hey, I want him to do some, some, some stuff like that for me. Then you can contact him and he'll do some stuff like that for you. He works that way. Uh, Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez Become his friend And when you're his friend You can also start to look into his private group That's right He's a private dancer He dances for money uh, Pay him uh, on the way out the door Is that it? I don't think it is But still He's uh, got a private group called This is dumb That's dumb You're dumb I'm dumb And he also uh, looks at conspiracy bullshit Via the via memes and, and all that kind of stuff He does amazing artwork for that page as well and everybody gets in there and they share dumb memes and everybody laughs at the, the society at large, which is uh, which is basically the world. So you want to join that page. This is dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. I'm dumb. If you go to Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez, you'll find the page. Try to join. He'll send you three questions. He answer those and then everybody's happy. Go in there and check that out. It'll be totally fun. Uh, and also. Our friend David has a website that you can go to. It's called artbydmh.com. That's right, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. Because if you're thinking to yourself, well, I want him to do some artwork for me. He works in oils. He works in pastels. He works in watercolors. He can work in whatever the fuck you want him to work in. Um, and like I said, the stuff on Facebook you can check out. But if you go to the website, artbydmh.com, you'll see a completely different version of his art as well. Um, and just get a wide an idea of the wide spectrum of things that he can achieve and accomplish for you. And, uh, and he's willing to, I mean, whatever you look, if you got the green, he's got the scene. I couldn't think of anything that rhymes. If you've got the green, he's got the lean. No. Uh, if you've got the green, he'll give you art. That's clean. Maybe that works. Uh, 
Either way, whatever you guys need, go ahead and contact our buddy, facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez, write him, tell him you love what he's done and what you want him to do for you. And he can tell you if he can do that or not. But I'm telling you more often than not, the answer is going to be, he can do it because he's a fucking Renaissance man. The guy gets it done. And in fact, he's branched out into the world of podcasting. What? Well, yes, he has. The Flem Cat podcast is available right now, available in the iTunes store. Uh, or Apple Podcasts, I guess is what you would call it these days. Flemcat, and that's P-H-L-E-G-M-C-A-T. But as I've mentioned several times, I don't think there's a lot of podcasts with the word phlegm in the title, but go ahead and search it. And uh, and then once you do that, you can subscribe to it. And you never have to worry about searching again. Go ahead and subscribe to the Flemcat podcast right now in the iTunes store. And uh, and then you will know, you will know that you have finally arrived. You will, you will achieve total consciousness once you have the Flemcat uh, hepping you as much as you possibly can. So please go listen to the Flemcat podcast available right now in the iTunes story, Apple podcasts. Our buddy David Hernandez is doing yeoman's work, fucking crushing it out of the goddamn park with his badass self. And uh, and we need you to go ahead and jump in and support. Please do that. Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez art by DMH.com and the Flemcat podcast. Truly, the man is building an empire of suck. And you want to go ahead and get behind that right now. Our friend Rob Matsushita, of course, does YouTube.com slash Stay Home 2020. He's got all sorts of videos. He's done nine weeks worth, as a matter of fact. Uh, there's nine episodes that are up now. Episode eight is my episode. I was in there lurking. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the star of it or anything. I'm just in it. Um, but he's got nine episodes done. Eight, and episode eight has me. He may put up a few viewer mail videos behind the scenes stuff because he's taking a break right now. They're, taking a, they're getting his editing workstation upgraded. And he's going to be back with regular episodes on August 5th, August 5th. So that's a couple of weeks. But in that couple of weeks, you've got time to check out the nine episodes that are live, along with possibly, like I said, some new videos for viewer mail, behind the scenes stuff. Uh, If you want to drop a comment on any of the episodes from this season, go ahead and do that, please. YouTube.com slash stay home 2020. Our buddy Rob Matsushita is getting things done and getting them done in a prompt and courteous manner and also uh, crushing them out of the goddamn park. Go check out his videos. The man has a network of people who can act and do great things. And then he's also been nice enough to include me in one of those things. But, uh, but either way, regardless, whatever you think, you got to go check it out. YouTube.com slash stay home 2020 taking a two week break. But the, the ones that are up there now are worth checking out and visiting and listening and lurking and loving and enjoying. Uh, it's there for you right now. Why not? Why not? Uh, is that it? No, it's not cameo. Hey man, I'm on cameo. Do you know that? That's right. Hire me to call you. I'll call you and I'll yell at you. You want to talk about beans? Get me on the goddamn. Hey, lick my neck. It tastes like beans. Get me on the horn, man. Uh, Cameo.com or no book cameo.com or the cameo app on your phone. You can bring me in to uh, to do all sorts of cameo fun stuff. And uh, and that's not really fun stuff. I'm just talking to you. I'm, I'm leaving a message. I'm, I'm telling you good things about you and your family. I'm, I'm, I'm saying hi to your cousin. Whatever you need me to do, man. It's a pandemic. I need every fucking dime I can bring home. So think of me for cameo. When you think of garbage, think of Akeem. When you think of phones and, and messages, yeah, video stuff, think of me. When you think of cameo, think of me. God damn it. Don't think about the real housewives of New York. You don't want them calling you. Perhaps you do. I don't know what you want to do, but they're all on there. Look, there's 8 billion celebrities but I tell you what, for every celebrity you hire, hire me once. That's all I ask. For every five celebrities, hire me once. Who's getting five cameos from celebrities? Jesus Christ, what are you, rich? Um, hold on. <laughs> 
Think of me when you think of Cameo. Have me call your friends and family. That would be great. Uh, um, I will tell you this. I have not heard back from Amazon regarding my appeal. As far as I can tell, the link is still working. So go ahead and continue to use the Amazon link. I've got it on my website. Uh, if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the merchandise page. There's an Amazon link there. Um, they get money, you get stuff right now. I'm not going to say that I get money anymore because, again, they put me on blast last week and I've written them and then written a follow-up and I've heard nothing back. And again, I, hard to believe that the largest company on earth wouldn't get back to me in a timely fashion, but hey, I, you know, I, perhaps I got lost in the scramble as Jeff Bezos was busy destroying the Washington Redskins and trying to purchase them. Who knows? Um, but you can use the link and, and we'll roll the dice and see if I get any dough out of it going forward. Who knows? I, I certainly do not. I, I, I might get dough. I might not, but, uh, it's nice of you to think of me anyway. I appreciate it. So that's, that's super cool. All right. I'll tell you what, here's the deal. Um, now that I look up, I'm almost a half hour into this fucking thing, which is ridiculous. Uh, I, I um, like I said, uh, it, every week presents itself the opportunity to get mad and get fucking furious at the world and all this kind of stuff. And it, and the shows seem kind of insular. I'm, they're almost kind of hot boxed in that they're all, I live in my own sweat lodge and I'm just bringing you the same fucking sweaty point of view where I'm just fucking angry at everybody. And, and look, uh, I've heard from enough people to let me know that they like it, that I'm going to keep doing it. I'm not, it's not like I'm like, Oh, I don't want to be mad. Here's a flower. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm never going to be that fucking guy. Um, but there is something to be said for pulling back, uh, the, you know, in my opinion, and not drowning you in rage. Um, and, and also just for my own fucking mindset. You know what I mean? I mean, if I because I, because, again, I, I don't know how many new ways I can tell you the world is stupid. You know what I mean? So I have to I have to. And I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, let's see. Here's the argument that's playing out. This is the thing. This is the fight I've had amongst myself. Where I'm like, well, do people want to hear that? Well, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But and I hear from everybody who goes, yes, we do, which is great, and I appreciate it very much. And I want to keep doing it because again, everything is really, really fucking stupid. Um, I mean, the president took a photo with a bunch of beans and cookies or whatever the fuck. And again, these are we, you know, if Obama had come out and said, hey, why don't you use speed stick? Everybody would throw him in jail. But now. The president's daughter is holding a can of fucking beans. The president himself's got a bunch of beans on his fucking desk. It's like, what the fuck, man? You fucking ridiculous huckster spokespeople, Mr. Fucking Whipple from Sherman assholes are trying to sell me beans. You're the president. Fix some shit. No, here, enjoy these beans. <laughs> the dumbest fucking world we've ever lived in, man. Uh so I, I, I'm going to, we're pulling back just this week. We'll go ahead and say, all right, this is, this is the move. I'm going to bring you the past. Let's, let's, let's delve back into the past. Now, were things better in the past? Yes. Or were they just lurking under the surface as bad? I don't know, man. I can't be that guy who goes ahead and tells you all that cool stuff. Um, but I can tell you this. We're going to bring you a show that I loved doing when I did it at the time. Uh, you know, I, I explored the catalog. I'm like, what are we going to go with here? What can we listen to? Now, I may have, because look, I've had this show on deck for a while because I keep thinking people don't want to hear me rage out, whatever the fuck. Um, and I'm including the whole show, fucking theme song and everything. I'm giving you the whole goddamn show. And I, I hate to have disillusioned you. You're going to look now in this download. You're going to be like, wow, three hours. It's like, well, yeah, but two and a half of it from before. Uh, does that make me a jerk? Maybe. Um, 
but I hope you'll understand. And and uh, and and it it gives us the opportunity to go ahead and revisit a, a chapter of our lives. And by our lives, I mean my life that was more innocent. It was certainly a time to reflect upon and sit down and go, wow, remember when that happened? That was the fucking best. <laughs> Lily is involved in this episode. You'll get to hear when Lily was here. Um, so we delve back into the 40-year-old boy catalog. We go and explore the past. We make, uh, what the hell just happened? I just got a, a note. My phone made a pinging noise. I'd, 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 you know what? I uploaded my iOS, and so now my computer keeps telling me shit that I don't want it to tell me. Like, hey, you have a memory. I'm, I don't have a fucking memory. You have a memory. Keep it to yourself, man. You, you want to memorize that? Go right ahead. I don't have any fucking memory. Uh, but it does that where it tries to lure me in and go, hey, man, this is the thing you should be paying attention to. Hey, remember this photo? And also, here's the thing. All of these fucking memories are like, hey, remember like five years ago? Remember that? When your life wasn't so fucking bleak and you're like, you sons of bitches, how dare you? And I guess, you know what's funny? It's fitting that I would get that ding noise. It's fitting that the computer would go ahead and say, here's a memory because because uh, I'm about to bring you guys a memory. I'm about to bring you a, a cherished memory in the yellow brick road of what has been a 12-year odyssey. Uh, a chapter from the volumes of the 40 year old boy podcast. And like I've always said, it, I said it in the beginning uh, because I, as it's, you know, it's always titled episode 12, year 12, episode nine, year fucking 15, whatever the fuck. Uh, more of a book than a movie. I've always said that. It's always, there's chapters, man. There's not, it's not scenes from a life. It's chapters from a life. We've basically written the book of my life, uh, at least from age 40. And, and then we, well, I mean, I guess in the age 40 year, we got it. We went and recounted. That's another thing. We told 40 years of stories in like two years and then went, oh, man, we got to keep living our fucking life. This is a drag. What the fuck happened to us? We thought this was a good idea. And then everything went out the goddamn window. Uh, and did you think, look, when this show started 12 years ago, did you, did you think did you think it would last till the end of the world? I know. I know I didn't. I was never thinking, oh, man, I can't wait until this show outlasts the globe. Won't that be fucking awesome? It's going to be fantastic putting out episodes until the heat death of the universe comes. Oh, man, until we until we die in a fiery shower of presidential beans. That's about to fucking happen. What the fuck, man? Uh, so we pull it back. We go ahead and we, uh, we look back at, uh, quite frankly, like I said, Lily's involved in this episode and it's, uh, it's, you know, one of my favorites. I usually, when I do this and I don't do it a lot, fuck, I don't want to pretend like I'm like, ah, Captain Rerun. I'm not, but I've done this certainly. And I usually like to pick something from that week. So it's like seven years ago this week, five years ago this, this week. And, uh, and this is not that this is just. I tried to find I, this because honestly, I thought of this show and I was like, wait a minute. I haven't heard that in fucking forever. And then I went and found it and I listened and I was laughing my balls off. And I'm like, all right, well, if I ever have to do something, this is going to be it. And I, I threw it on the desktop and it's been here. And now we finally use it. And we drop us back to uh, oh, wait, when is this exactly? I don't I'm trying to. Christ, is this hold? All right, hold on. Nobody say anything. Uh, let's, I, I, cause I have the name and the title, but I don't remember the date that this aired. And I guess that's something I should do all the fucking time, right? I should check the dates. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me find it. Uh, all right. April, this aired in April. Uh, so I guess say hey, we're not really, but it's, it's seven years ago. It's April, 2013. 
so basically, this this airs a year. Or I'm sorry, a month after my uh, my fucking complete, my life fell apart. All right, that's good. Um, back you know back when things looked bleak, but then also things were looking promising, and I didn't realize the changes that were to come. Oh, look at the roller coaster ride we've had in seven years. But this is from April 2013, and this is episode 52 of year five, and it's called the presence of wolves. Oh yeah. I am awake and alive and alive. I'm so great I got to say it twice and cut it out once. My head's a syrup bottle that's getting tipped over every Wednesday. You're a storyteller in a storytelling podcast, and the only story you're telling now is a story about stories you don't want to tell! What the fuck? Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? It's weird. It's a weird show, folks. Why? Because I'm here late. But you thought I was late last week. We talked about that, remember last week, when I showed up late? Uh, what time is it, Lily? p.m. on Wednesday night. Now, last week was a Tuesday that I showed up late because I was flying, right? Or was it? Or was it a thing? I don't even know. I don't remember last week's show. It's a blur. Uh, But I will tell you this, folks. So it's late now, (laughs) 7.53, that I'm here. uh, And I'm I'm here to record, and we're going to have to take a break in the middle because i got to talk to Max and tell him what's happening and all this different stuff because I had a day. Folks, I had a day. And I'll get to that day eventually. Um but I, I have voting. I need I need opinions from you. There's all sorts of things I need to shake your tree, and uh, but, you know, not just because I like your peaches, but just because I need to get your opinion. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, so I'm late today, and not only am I late, folks, I am sans notebook, and I am sans tweakedaudio.com/slash/40earbuds. Normally, I got my earbuds tucked right in. I got my notebook next to me to jot ideas down, or maybe look at beats sheets and things like that. But today, we are flying blind. We are seat of the pants. We are whatever comes out of my fucking maw, folks. So brace yourselves. I don't have anything prepared, and we're just going to go ahead and do what we can. Let's all get on the log ride and put our hands in the air. And ladies, feel free to lift up your shirts. We'll all get a photo at the end. Uh, you know what that 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 sentence right there that was total David Lee Roth that was like crazy the way he speaks. Hey, I used to go jogging, but the ice fell out of my glass. Ha! How you doing, Diamond David Lee Roth? Live on Dave TV. I may not go down in history, but I will go down on your daughter. All right, <laughs> fucking Dave, yeah. People wrote me they're like Dave's got a podcast. I'm like, great, that's who I'm competing with now. It's not bad enough. I was competing with the fucking Jimmy Pardos and the Mark Marins and the Adam Carollas and the Nerdists and the Scott Ackermans, all the fucking big monoliths of podcasting. Because I'm indie, folks. You know that keep it indie with Mike Schmidt. We've talked about this. I've got nobody coming up and trying to scoop my show up into their big fancy net. I'm not under the, the umbrella of Maximum Fun, which, by the way, let me talk about that for a second. The Maximum Fun uh, drive is going on right now. Go sponsor. Go be somebody who's involved in that because our friends Jordan and Jesse, Jesse Thorne, of course, the, the kingpin of Maximum Fun with his velvet voice. Uh, by the way, I've done the show. I don't know if you guys know this about Jesse Thorne before every show. Swallows a stick of butter. Full stick of butter. Whole stick of butter. Frozen stick of butter. And by the end of the show, it is melted. 
It's in his throat the entire time, and it coats, it soothes, it relieves, and he goes ahead and he spits out anything, and it sounds, it's just the dulcet tones of a Jesse Thorne. It's amazing, right? So Jordan and Jesse are fantastic guys, and right now go over to Maximum Fun and, and uh, donate to their thing, and eventually they'll come around and realize I should be under the umbrella of their fucking protection. I need to pay protection to Jesse Thorne. I need to pay <laughs> podcast protection, because look, David Lee Roth just came in, and he's fucking knocking me over. He's trying to come to my storefront and going, hey, nice little podcast you got here. It'd be a shame if anything happened to it. Bozy, bozy bop, and he spin kicked me in the head fucking david lee ross coming in i need muscle to protect me from david lee roth and all these other so-called indie podcasts you think i want to deal with brody stevens on my ass and by the way on my ass but let's talk about brody stevens who's like 60th and i'm 120th in the ratings i get that and i'm not 120th all the time although we've had a bump like in the past few weeks and stuff like that it's funny uh my friend andy wood who does the bridgetown comedy festival by the way there's voting about that coming up soon we'll talk about that in a moment I don't know why that needed to happen. By the way, folks, if you ever find yourself needing to sleep, if you find yourself in a, a, the, the grips, the throes of insomnia, if you cannot close your eyes and get any fitful rest, why don't you ask Lily Bonstrup to tell you about her next five days? Go ahead and do that. Because I sat here and unsolicited, she's like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what I got to do. And I was like, really? And then... I just got a bunch of fucking appointments vomited all over me and I'm just swimming around in bile and calendar and I'm like I don't get this at all and she's like and then there's my favorite part is when look when people say that they're busy I, I love when anybody tells you how fucking crazy their life is and oh my god I can't, this is going to be horrible I, these next few days it's going to be so I don't even know when I'm going to be able to sleep and then they tell you a hundred things you could tell them they shouldn't do like literally <laughs> I'm not kidding <laughs> There's a comedian I know, a guy out of Chicago, and he writes a blog online every day. He writes his blog, and a couple of weeks ago, he sat down to write, and he's like, oh, you guys think you can do what I do? You want to be a comedian? Well, listen to what I had to do today. And literally, his day was going and running errands, and then teaching a comedy class, and then getting home on time. Like, it was just... I wanted to go, you know, your whole day was just sitting in traffic. Like, and it was your fault because you left late. I went, motherfucker, don't write this thing. Because I, I really wanted to deconstruct it. It's like five paragraphs to say a sentence. Like, he's like, and then he's just like, oh, man, if you guys even knew what I did, let's see if you think well, the life of a comedian is so easy. And then it's like, he gets up late. He gets in his car. He gets caught in traffic. And he has to drive all the way across town and do dry cleaning. And then he's got to go meet somebody for lunch. And then he's got to run some errands. He's got to get to Chicago by 3 o'clock. Oh, my God, he got there at 2.55. And then he's got to go all the way back to Milwaukee. Boy, I'll tell you what, folks. This is a hard life. Fuck you, man. You didn't lift one fucking couch in that story. You didn't dig a hole. You didn't climb a fucking skeleton and sit on a girder. Fuck that. By the way, a, a building skeleton, not a real skeleton. Nobody climbs a skeleton. Oh, actually, you know what? Fuck it. That makes your day that much worse. Holy shit. If you climb a skeleton, that day is off the charts bad. I, you know what? You can go ahead and pick up your dry cleaning and eat your lunch and drive to Chicago. If at the end of that, you got to climb on top of a skeleton. Fuck that. I want nothing to do with your life. That is an amazing turn of events. I would love to have just a whole day of climbing skeletons. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> just like use their ribs like a bone ladder. All right. But yeah, man, you motherfucking tell that story. And it's like, dude, I just picture some construction worker or some maximum security prisoner with a dick in his ass just reading it and going, yeah, you had a tough day, motherfucker. Wow. I can't believe you had to get your dry cleaning twice. Fuck that. Unbelievable. So Lily gives me her list and she's like, oh, you're not going to believe what I've got to do the next few days. And half of it involves mustaches and half of it involves magic tricks. And I'm like, I don't. 
You could shave one of those and then solve the others, and then guess what? Your day is fine. Your your five days is okay. Oh, I don't know when I'm ever going to sleep. I've got to go see Penn and Teller, and then this other magician and some other dude. Oh my god! I don't know if you're aware of this. My life fell apart three weeks ago. Tell me more about how tough it is for you. Then you got to go watch Ben and Teller get a fucking award. I think I just vetted a magic team. I think I said Ben and Teller. It's tough with no earbuds. Without the tweakedaudio.com slash 40 earbuds, I don't know what letter is going to come out of my mouth next. Ben and Teller. That's a terrible. You know who it is? It's Ben Harper. Ben Harper, the singer. He's in with Teller. Because you got to have another voice. I mean, because you know, Teller doesn't speak. I don't know if you guys are aware of that, folks. Have you ever seen Ben and Teller? <laughs> you know, it's actually Ben Gazzara and Teller. And then they chase uh, Patrick Swayze around. And then they have Red West working in an auto parts store. All right. Be nice. Be nice, folks. If I bring you any lesson today, it's be nice. And nobody wins a fight. Have I told you that nobody wins a fight, Dalton? Let's check out the ass on Swayze. All right. And then that girl from private school walked up and brought up a muffin and she checked out his ass. And I'm like, oh, you got no shot there, frog face. Swayze. Swayze's taking on the fucking emergency room nurse. Yes. There is a great story about that. Uh, Who's that actress? Kelly Lynch. And I'm going to tell this story. It's not my story. I wish it was. But I, 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 there was an interview with Kelly Lynch, and I believe it was The Onion, and you guys might even know this at the AV Club. And uh, whenever, because Roadhouse is on so much, and she's friends with Bill Murray and like his all of his brothers, John and Brian Doyle and all of them. And whenever uh, Kelly Lynch, whenever the sex scenes are on with Patrick Swayze on Roadhouse, anywhere in the world, they will call her. And call her husband because they're friends with her husband. I forget who her husband is, but he's a he's a writer, a famous writer. Maybe Mitchell Glazer. It might be. I don't know, but he's a famous writer, and uh, and he's a comedy guy. And uh, they will call up and go, "Oh, Kelly's getting it from Patrick Swayze right now." <laughs> Bill Murray, wherever he is, he'll see it. It'll be two in the morning. Doesn't matter what time. Brian Doyle, John Murray, they just call up and they're like, "Oh, dude, your wife's totally getting worked right now against the fucking stone fireplace." And Kelly's just like, "Yeah, right." Bill hangs up. <laughs> That's an awesome story, isn't it? God, Bill Murray is just such an amazing mythical figure that you just you hear those stories and you're like I want to hang out with that fucking dude so bad and then but then you know it would be such a disappointment because he would hate me like I mean I because I think I would like be I would get along with him and I'd be because that's always the story you're like God Bill Murray sounds awesome I would love to hang out with him because that would be awesome well yes because Bill Murray's awesome but you forget you're there you know who's not awesome you or me. I couldn't even think about hanging with Bill Murray. Like, to try and be that cool, you would just bask in it. Did you ever see that fucking clip where Bill Murray, he's in a short movie and he walked in slow motion down a hallway with some kids on YouTube? Fucking brilliant. They just asked him to do it. He said, yeah. And then he went on that party tour where he just, like, kind of showed up and crashed people's parties. Fucking Bill, that's the way you'd be a celebrity. That's the way to do it. You don't write a blog entry about how you had to pick up your shirts and you were fucking inconvenienced. And how you were caught in traffic all day. Fucking own it, man. Live it. Love it. Learn it. Know it. He's the full hot order. That's right. You guys had shirts on when he came in here, Spicoli. I'm just going to quote movie shit because I don't have any fucking earbuds on, man. I can hear myself. I hear Lily. I hear Lily at, at Lily speed right now because you guys, you hear Lily at Lily speed. I hear her through the tweakedaudio.com slash 40 earbuds. So I get kind of a half Lily, but I got all, I, dude, I got fucking full Lily right now. I got engorged Lily. I got fucking six to midnight Lily right now in my face, in my ears. You heard it. <laughs> uh, so yeah so I sat here and she just ran down this fucking five day schedule and she's like yeah and then I gotta do this and we gotta pick up a pie I'm like oh my god cut out the pie get a nap if you just cut the pie out of this equation you could sleep maybe an hour and you wouldn't have to worry about it 
Oh, and then my family's coming to town. I mean, here's my favorite part. My family's coming to town, and I have to take them to the Magic Castle, and then I have to take them out to dinner, and then I have to take them back to the Magic Castle. Why? Did they forget something the first time? Did they see Ben and Teller one time, and they're going to go see Penn and Teller another time? <laughs> you know who I would like to see? Sherilyn Fenn and Teller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what are you saying? I get Phil Jackson in the equation. <laughs> Got to see Zen and tell her. Ha, ah, that's right. Oh. Yeah, who wants some? Anybody? I don't think you want any of me. I'm just filling time, folks. I, uh, because <laughs> I'm late, man, and I got to blaze through this show because right now I got to call Max in like an hour and tell him what to draw, and he's going to have no fucking. Because last week, last week I got here late and we had to do the clip show, and then he had the fill in picture anyway. So I was like, haha, Max has the week off anyway, so I'll take a week off. Well, obviously I can't take a week off this time because, dude, how many times have I done that this year? Literally, in a, in a couple of weeks, year, year five is going to go on sale. I think there's four episodes in year five. I think there are. No, no, there was there was the bed bugs, and then uh, and then there was uh, my wife left. That was it. Literally, that's the entire that encompasses. Oh, and uh, I ran a race. Like I'm so stupid as that. Jesus Christ! I ran a race. A bug bit me, and my wife left. There you go. That's the name of the year five box set. <laughs> I ran a race. A bug bit me, and my wife left. Perfect. She's writing that down like it's gonna be the title of the episode. There is no way for the third week in a row we're gonna have my wife in the title again. It can't happen. The no because everybody because last week my, I said my butler quit and the previous week I said I need a butler so it's like people are just like dude enough with the butler nonsense <laughs> <laughs> but I can't help it man the butler did it and I'm lost I got nothing <laughs> the no the butler is not in the title stop writing it down don't even waste the sharpie ink indeed you do whatever <laughs> it's fun it's weird being here on a Wednesday with Lily because I'm the boss on Wednesday but I'm no longer the I'm not the boss of Lily all the time anymore because uh, as we all know my life is completely falling apart we know that right I've told you that you guys are aware of this uh, again it goes back to that butler thing I was telling you about if you guys just go ahead and think about that butler thing that'll explain a lot but uh, but because of that butler I'm having to take like odd jobs and like find any jobs and this is not even this isn't even a fucking joke like I'm I'm I might as well just start selling grit door to door <laughs> That fucking newspaper from when I was a kid. I don't know if they have it anymore. Like, I, I want to find a comic book. Whatever they got in the back, I want to start selling x-ray specs or, like, a fucking, what are those, seeds? What, didn't you used to be able to sell seeds? What was the name of that company? Burpee. The Burpee Seed Company, and then, like, kids would go out and sell shit. I, you know what? I'm going to punch some kid in the head and steal his band candy and just fucking sell that. God forbid some kid comes to my door because that happens a lot. Somehow they'll sneak into my apartment complex and they'll be like, hey, we're selling magazines for our band. And it's like, guess what? I'm going to bring that kid in and boil him and you'll never see him again. I will sell the magazine subscriptions and the band candy and then I'll just go home and I will climb to the top of his skeleton and sit there and wait. I will just wait for the next kid to show up who tries to sell me a $5 fucking caramel bar and I will kneecap that motherfucker and sell that candy. And believe me, that's how, that's how bad it's gotten. I won't even eat the candy. I will. Normally, I would mug that kid and just eat all the fucking candy and have a crazy chocolate face a la Borat. But no, this time I fucking mug him and then I go door to door. And I, and I, actually, I actually play the role. I wear like fucking shorts, like knee pants. <laughs> and I wear like a gym shirt. I have an old Bolenberg High gym shirt. Mister, would you like to buy some candy to support our band and our team? What, what team? What band? You just got to run. All right. Uh, 
Yes, that's that's what it's come to, folks. That's my decision because I have this odd job, dude. I am I'm fucking I'm Peter Brady, like mowing lawns to save money. It's just fucking crazy. It's crazy, and I'm doing the math on it. Like Lily, I'm actually bouncing for Lily now. All right, I am every every Monday and Friday. I'll be bouncing at the fucking at the Monday night teas and the Friday night happy hour, and uh and I you know I, that's cool. I mean I'm happy to do it. I want to do it because I, uh but what was funny is I just did it again this week. This is the second time I did it, and uh. So dudes, you know, she has a lot of repeat customers and a lot of people who are performers who show up and see the show. And so they come up to me and they're just like, why are, why are you here? And I'm like, what? And they're like, are, are you hosting? What are you doing? And I go, no, man, I'm working the door. And, uh, and it's so funny because I, I, here's the thing. I don't, uh, I, I don't couch a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, because <laughs> if you ask, I'll tell you. I mean, that's the thing. And I, I, I won't tell you forever. It's not like I'm going to sit you down and sob and you know cry into my fucking pino. But I mean, still, if you ask me something, I'm going to fucking tell you. So people come up to me and they're just like, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm working the door. They're like, why aren't you hosting? And I go, oh, she already had a host this week. And they're like, well, why are you working the door? And I said, because my life fell apart. <laughs> what do you, don't you? <laughs> and then there will be that awkward pause because, again, nobody knows how to fucking deal with me at this point. And then I just go, no, come on, ha ha, we're all having fun here. No, I just, come on, I'm getting paid to look at breasts. How could I not do that, right? And they're like, yay, that's fantastic. And then they skip off because they realize they don't want to have any more conversational time with me. Because my life fell apart. I actually said that to, I said it to Rex and I said it to somebody else. They're like, why are you saying, because my life fell apart. And you look at them and then they give you this weird eye and you just go, ah, and also, come on, ha ha, girls and tits, right? We're all friends. <laughs> go have a taco woo hold on i gotta give out wristbands to stranger hipsters oh fuck are you gonna write a blog about how hard it is to work i may <laughs> i may do that i get to look over and see your face while you're watching the show oh yeah oh my god well this week man this week on the all right they had the, i will talk about it now there was an april fool's show this week and what they did for the april fool's show she didn't want to give it away they uh the the all the girls on the show switched acts which meant they switched costumes and and what was so weird like I wanted to ask you this I'll ask you this real fast did they did they did anybody consider measurements at all when they decided to do this that they weren't going to consider it Exactly, they will not because uh, all right. There were these. Uh, look, let's just. I don't want to talk about everybody because everybody was fantastic and they did I think a wonderful I know job. Exactly who you're going to talk about. Well, I, I, there's. Well, first of all, I'll tell you this. Uh, if you're going to. If you're going to a burlesque show, folks, here what I, here's what I would recommend. First, have your wife leave you. <laughs> Secondly, be friends with the producer for like 10 years. So then she asks you to come in early. So you get there early and you get to see the girls rehearse their routines. Because I will tell you this, as cool as the burlesque show is and as sexy as the girls are when they're doing their routines, they are infinitely more sexy when they are out there in like a crop shirt and jeans barefoot doing the dance and practicing and like trying to learn their moves while the music is playing. Sheila Starr went out there in a pair of jeans and a half shirt. And she's because there and it was an, another thing is too, they were trying to learn each other's acts. So uh Sheila Starr and Jezebel Thunder switched acts. And I've uh, Okay. And I've t- I've talked about Jezebel Thunder on here before. She is uh uh she is just a fucking pants. I mean literally she is just <laughs> She is just like walking sex. Uh, I'm, well, I'm serious. I mean, it's just there's there's some people that are just you see them and you're just like, wow, that uh, you're that is sexy and, and it can't be stopped. You know what I mean? So she's one of those people. And Sheila has that thing happening, too. But I'll tell you what, Sheila in her costumes is cute. Like she, I mean, she really looks as a hot burlesque girl. Sheila in a pair of jeans and a half shirt. Fuck that. I mean, I, I, I would just do that. Just come out in that. 
Because, I mean, there's something to be said for, like, regular hot girl in, in, like, clothes and just kind of absentmindedly showing skin. Whoa, God damn it, folks. And then, you know, fat idiot is trying not to stare uh, because, you know, but they're out there practicing. And the thing is, they want to be stared at because they're learning the routines. So this week, they were really learning the routines. So they're out there trying to get through the moves because normally they have the acts down pat in their head. But as they were each learning each other act, they would like Sheila went on stage and then Jezebel had to watch and go, no, do this. No, do that. Which uh, also, by the way, to, if you want to see a hot girl ordering around another hot girl, oh, yeah, it can't be beat. It cannot be beat. Especially when she's ordering her. Oh, no, no, no. Shake your ass this way and then take your clothes off this way. Oh, yeah, I'm in. I am invested. This is well worth my entire life falling apart and having to take this job and embarrass myself in front of people that I know when they ask me what the hell I'm doing there. And I go, my life fell apart. It's not the name of the show. Don't even write it down. Uh, everybody knows because there's no reason to even write it down. Um, oh, let's talk about this real quick before we get into that. Uh, hey, uh, folks, you guys listened to the show last week. And uh, and I'd like to thank those of you who wrote me to tell me about uh, the editing holocaust that took place in last week's show. Hi, Lily. How are you? Let's Well, let's talk about this, shall we? Uh, I didn't tell you. Uh, Max told me first. And, uh, you know, because, all right, we have uh, in a couple of weeks, there's going to be the interlude coming up, as you know. And uh, our friend Lily has to edit it together with me and we have to sit down and do it all. And then Max wrote me and he's like, hey, uh, did you uh, did you hear this week's show? And I knew what he was talking about because I'd already been written. Uh, a couple of people had already written me. And I, I didn't answer David because I didn't. I, he's just like, is this because David is so funny to me. He's like, is the interlude going to be OK? Like, is the editing going to be fine? I'm just like, I'm like yes, everything's going to be fine. I'll be there. It'll be fine. Uh, and accidents happen. That happens occasionally. Uh, last week, the um, the mugs, the, the Zazzle spot is over 35 seconds of dialogue. Literally from you guys can get me at Mike and com, and then the music starts and then I all the rest of it of getting Dave at Facebook and getting you at two Twitter accounts and all of it is just it's blended. It's like the 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 Zazzle thing is right on top of. I love that he's worried about the interlude after I've done five years worth of two mistakes. When you're when you're. 3,000 miles, you know, you know, when you work on something for over 200 hours and you're 3,000 miles away, you kind of just, in your head, you're just kind of like, man, I, you know. I don't know what happened, but I'll check it, fix it, and re-upload it before I upload this. If you can. Yeah, I just, I I didn't, you know, because again, I didn't want to bother you because I know you're very busy planning nine magic field trips. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to call and tell you about it, but then I heard, I heard that you may have to pick up tuxedos for some magicians and... (laughs) possibly stuff some dollar bills into oranges so i did not want to get involved in cutting uh, you know stepping in your way i don't know but it was weird i uh because i had not gotten to listen to it um at that because usually that's what i do when you doubt when we download the show uh i immediately jump to those edits to hear that they're okay because you and you even call me and you go if it's up if there's a problem call me but uh as we all know last week uh i was traveling and uh, then I went to bed. I was in Portland on Wednesday, and I actually wrote you. Remember? And I said, "Look, I'm going to bed." So because I I hadn't yeah. slept, and she's like, "It's up." I woke up in the morning to a text that it was up. So I didn't even bother to check it because I'm dumb. Uh, but then some emails came from people telling me, "Hey, did you know this?" Uh, and I I'm excited for the Onion to hear that one. That'll be fun when the Onion listens and then I because that because that will be the thing they seize upon. They'll be like, "Well, editing glitches abound in Mike Schmidt's 40 year old boy show." <laughs> 
Uh, but that's fine. I, whatever happens, happens. It's good. Because, again, that's what happens when you keep it indie, folks. If I had some huge fucking monolithic corporation, they would go ahead and smooth out those sort of wrinkles. But fuck that. Who wants that, right? That's not fun. I want to make sure that everything comes to you unfiltered, unvarnished. I want to bring you mistakes. This is because, you know what? Burt Reynolds would tell you, shadows happen in life, baby. <laughs> I said that on my buddy's podcast this weekend. Uh, I, was, I did the on the horse you rode in on, or on the podcast you rode in on. Is that what it's called? I don't know. But he loved the fact that you laughed at it. He was so happy. He was like, oh my God, I can't believe Lily laughed. I did, because I did two podcasts when I was in, uh, let's talk about those real quick. I did two podcasts in Portland. Um, well, wait a minute. Before I get into that, wasn't I, do I have to finish the thought about working at uh, the T's? Why? Well, I was talking about Sheila. Well, no. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this real quick. So watching Jezebel, so Jezebel and Sheila switched costumes and they did their, they switched the routines. Uh, and then to watch Jezebel out there telling Sheila what to do was fucking amazing. That song was a great song. Uh, was it called Sheila G. Kawani? I think that was the name of the song. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Uh, and then, uh, and also funny, Jezebel's all ass. Like Jezebel's like got a crazy backyard. And so in that song, there's a part that goes, and she shakes her ass to it. So then to watch little tiny Sheila who stepped off a wedding cake to come out there and try to shake her little ass to it. And it, but it, and it worked. It was still hot and great. But but different, like because she she did it more like belly dancer style, and Jezebel's more like twerking style, like kind of. Yeah, it's wrong. It's just fucking handfuls. Yeah. What were they doing in Poland? Uh, Sheila has a pole studio. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said it. I thought you meant in a, in a Polish studio. That's why I said, what are they doing in Poland? And you completely, you skipped it completely. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, keep going. No, please. So, the, well, I, well, I want to know, are they naked? Where are they? I want to find them. I got a poll they can test. <laughs> I got a poll you can test. All right. Um, so, folks, uh, so so Sheila and Jezebel are out there doing their thing. Uh, and then Jezebel was doing a routine that I've seen Sheila do many times, which is the Thieves in the Temple thing from Prince. She did it at the Prince shows. So, but in my head, I'm like, I, wait a minute. Because once I saw, all right, here's the thing. I didn't know that even the costumes were being switched. So when Sheila came out and she was wearing Jezebel's costume, she had a bunch of like paper towels stuffed into her top because she's a little tiny girl and Jezebel's packing. So uh, she does the thing where she takes the top off and then there's like, you know, all the stuff and fell on the ground and she made a little face. And it was like, ha ah, yay. And that's when I went, oh, they're trading costumes. Wait a minute. That means Jezebel's going to wear Sheila's costume. What the fuck is going to happen here? Who in the audience is going to get their eye shot out when her fucking bikini top snaps and shoots into the fucking crowd at hydraulic speed because it can't contain her giant tits? <laughs> so I and yeah, so then she came out to do the routine. Jezebel came out wearing Sheila's costume. Her tits were already out, man. It didn't matter. It was like it was like trying to put an eye patch on the eye of Saruman. I mean, it's like not going to fucking work. Doesn't matter. He's going to it's like going to shoot right fucking through. Uh, so she came out and was dancing around, and that was happening. That was good. But here's the thing. I, I will tell you, folks. There were other girls dancing. There. Our friend Dizzy Van Dam was there dancing, and our friend Lucille Highball was dancing as well. And uh, a Mercury Troy was there, and uh, she was perched up on a stool, which was uh, that did not look comfortable at all, but then she climbed off of it and did her dance. Um, but the show was great. And Lily was... Uh, she switched places, because everybody switched places with somebody. Well, Lily switched places with our uh, her friend Buster Balloon. Um... <laughs> Now, let me try to describe Buster Balloon for you. Buster Balloon, um, he looks like the juggernaut. He does not. 
from the comic books, like just big and round and fucking all. There's not a there's not an angle on Buster at all. He's a balloon artist and he twists balloons. It looks like somebody twisted him up and made him up. Like <laughs> it's like somebody blew up a flesh and hair balloon and then twisted it up. And he looks even his shoulders are round. Everything is round. The guy's just a fucking. He's like a he's like a Comic Sans M. I mean, it's like I can't even explain it. He's just all curvy and soft and round and weird so uh he usually wears this big this crazy big suit you know he wears like a david Byrne giant suit yeah yeah yeah. uh because there's a zoot suit riot folks i don't know if you're aware of that uh so he's wearing that suit and then and then he pulls balloons out of whatever compartments and bullshit that he's got going on and he's a nice guy and good for him and people like that sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) how dismissive is this i realized about halfway in where i'm just like exactly He is in the top of his class. It's just that his class is a bunch of bullshit nobody cares about. (laughs) He's really good at something no one cares about at all. Take it from me. I know what that's like. So he is just, he's an expert at doing something that means nothing at all in the large scheme of things. He doesn't fix cars. (laughs) He doesn't do anything that brings any good to the world. No, he he can make you a fucking championship belt out of balloons. Good for you, tough guy. But he's a nice man. <laughs> so, so Lily uh, decides to switch places with him. And uh, when I showed up at uh, at the thing, she was. Uh, I, I, I this will never translate because you won't even know what I'm talking about. But there was a show called Fridays. Yes. All right, and it was on a million years ago, and they used to do a Stoner Three Stooges, <laughs> yes. and John Rourke was Curly. And uh, and he was really funny in the role. Well, then they did a sketch one time, and I I don't even remember what it was, but it was uh, they went backstage, and he was he wasn't in his full curly outfit. Like he had a pillow with a belt around his waist, and then he had the skull cap on the bald cap, but it wasn't a ball. It just looked like he had a fucking condom on his head. I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't blended in. There was no makeup or anything. And he he did um he wound up doing. Uh, chorus line. He did one singular sensation, every little step. But he did it as curly. One, woo! And he did the snaps. And it was just all it was was a filler, ten second thing to get to a different sketch that, like, a news break. Like they were, like they, their idea was, ha ha! Look how lame this stupid idea is. We have of curly doing a chorus line, and we interrupt this desire to bring you this special bulletin, like that sort of thing. So I get there, and Lily. It's just, he's, she's just in like, she's got her jeans on and then she's got her shirt all tucked out and she's just got a fucking Howie Mandel half a glove like pulled down over her head. And and she's like, how are you? All right, here's the list and here are the wristbands. And, and she doesn't care. She's business Lily at that point. But I wanted to go, hey, you know, business Lily, I, I got news for you. Um, you, you did you did you trip and fall into a fucking pool of latex? Like what dried on your head? Uh, but I didn't say that, uh, cause I didn't want her to squirt me with a reservoir tip. So <laughs> I just let her go off and do her thing. And I got my key, you know, I have a clipboard. Here's the thing too. Um, I'm going to get fired by Lily and I know that I am <laughs> because I, I, it's very important to me to do things in a certain way and she's got her way of doing things. So when, when people start coming in the door, I start writing things down and putting names out. And then like later on in the night, she's just like, you don't need to write anybody down. I don't need to know anybody else who attended. I don't need to know who paid. But for me, it's just thorough record keeping because I want her to know who came in and how maybe it's a better way for her to figure out her money. But at the, you know, when you really look at it, all it is is just me imposing my fucking will 
to pretend like I think I know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like she's been doing this for eight years and doing it her way. And now I've worked it twice and I'm like, here's what we're going to do now. Hold on a second, Baldy. Let me go ahead. You just worry about your tits. All right. Worry about your nipple barbells and I'll figure the rest of this out. (laughs) Idiot comes in and tries to be like an authority figure dummy. So, I walked in, so I got the clipboard, and I'm getting it all just so. And I, I, I'm, I'm also, I'm full of uh, uh, OCD, so I have to straighten out the the wristbands by color, and all the words have to be facing the same way, and then all the money, the heads on the money, have to be facing the same way. So I pull that out, and I start straightening it all out. And uh, everybody's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "My life fell apart." <laughs> I'm straightening the money. It's the only thing I can control right now at this moment. <laughs> Step off, motherfucker. You and your stuffed monkey take a walk. So, so I'm 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 fixing my area, and all the other girls are fixing their areas, and uh and then Lily comes in and and uh now she's got like Buster's suit on, but it's just like it's because ha- he's a giant man, and so it's hanging off her. So she is truly David Byrne, except for her tits, of course. And uh and then she's. But she, all right, so she's got the suit on, which looks good, because I understand now that she's going to be Buster, and I'm figuring it out. Um, But she's still got this shitty-ass half a latex fucking balloon pulled over her head. And I'm like, well, I guess that's the last thing to get fixed. I guess the last thing you do is you blend in the skull cap and you put away your hair. Because that's the thing. Her hair is like shocks of hair are shooting out the sides. She's got a ponytail because her hair's super long. So I can't even imagine what it would take to roll it up in a fucking crazy princess bun or a ballet bun and put a fucking... That's, I learned that term this week. I learned that term this week so I had to say it. Um, I'm sorry, My friend Sharon Houston is a comedian and she discovered Vine. So she put out like a thousand vines this week and one of them, she was like, her hair was like crazy big like, and she's like, oh, oh no. And then it had five steps, like really quick cuts and then she goes, ballet bun. And it made me laugh. So uh, so there you go. So I, I figured Lily's got to put her hair in a ballet bun to get the skull cap worked. But I, whatever, I, I can't get in her way. Again, I'm, I'm very busy sorting the colors of the wristbands to make sure the proper people get the proper wrist gear because as they're walking in and out of the, the room, I, I don't want to have to tackle anybody because some green wristband tried to get into the pink section. Fuck that. <laughs> And I will fucking do it. Do not kid yourselves. Yeah, you're awesome. It is going to be very bad there when people, because again, you know, Lily's there and she works the door and her friend Eddie, uh, our friend at funnyeddie.com. And Eddie works the door for Lily, uh, sort of. I mean, basically he just sits there and he's, Eddie's too nice, man. Eddie's like, he's way too nice to work the door. I'm like, I'm friendly and nice, but I think if some shit went down, I think Eddie could handle himself, but he wouldn't want to because he's like too friendly and he's, he's kind of like a big puppy dog guy. Uh, I'll count on him to have my back if some shit hits the fan, but it's like, I, whenever he's at the front door, he's just too, he just strikes me as just a super nice dude. Uh, and I'm nice and friendly, but if anything bad happens, I forget about it. I mean, it's just going to be bad and clotheslines and broken glass and a mess. It'll be terrible. Uh, which I don't want. I'm old, man. I'm 45. I don't want to fucking hit anybody anymore. No, I don't. Well, I mean, I'm in a mode now where, yeah, I wouldn't mind hitting a bunch of fucking people. Certainly. I, I'm I'm right now I'm in just fucking wind him up and watch him go punching machine right now. Absolutely. I could do that with my life, but I don't I also don't want to do that with my life. I'd prefer to just be a normal person. I talked I said this on on stage in Portland and I meant it. It was so terrible how it came out. You know, I, I when I get on stage I just kinda talk in circles sometimes, just like the show. And I uh, uh it's because there there was a thing that happened in Portland and in my head I was like, you know, I kinda I was talking about hitting people or whatever the fuck. And I go, you know, part of me just likes the idea of just getting soft 
and not caring, like just being like an old person who drinks prune juice and watches game shows and goes to bed at nine. Like there's, there's as much as I'm chasing this and I want to make this happen and I, I'm sure that it will and I know that it will and I'm, I'm on the cusp of some things that, sh- that should work out. There is just a part of me who wants to get a fucking Snuggie and climb into it just like a one piece jumper, like a human adult jumper. And then just and just drink milk. You know what I mean? That doesn't that sound like comforting? Where you just kind of drift off and eat like three Oreos. But instead, I got to eat a whole package of Oreos. Like that's the thing is, I have no discipline or control in any way. I'll eat a whole package of Oreos and then punch a stranger. When in reality, I should be eating three cookies and nodding off. That's what I should do. Uh, but instead, I'm not that person. So, I, but I don't I don't know who I am anymore. Because again, fuck, my life fell apart. Um, so, and you know what it is? It's so funny because that thing is happening now. Because I still haven't dealt with it, and I still—it's going to take a long fucking time to deal with it. But uh, but I'm doing that thing because people are like, "Hey, how you holding up?" And I'm, I don't even know. I I don't know yet because I haven't had time to process it. Because I am dancing as fast as I can to try to keep myself afloat. Like I said, I'm bouncing two nights a fucking week, and then imagine the other fucking odd jobs. I, dude, I I got in the mix this week. Oh Christ! Porn finds me. It just finds me. <laughs> Porn finds me. It just knows. Literally, getting I find porn. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm like Toucan Sam, except you don't want to know where my nose ends up. Not at all. Uh, so I just I you know I follow your nose. It always knows the flavor of porn. Um, <laughs> it's part of a complete balanced breakfast. So uh, so there was an ad on Craigslist this week. And look, I you know I'm trying desperately. I have friends referring me to other people, and I'm I'm doing all these things. And I I oh I I will tell you this uh, full disclosure. I called the Ramon sex line. I called those people uh, twice. No call back. They have not called me back. So uh, I think they're full up on Ramones. <laughs> we'll find out. Part of me wants to get the number and call them and just go. You suck at this. Quit. <laughs> Boo! I haven't come yet at all. I've been here an hour. I've been jerking off for an hour listening to you, fake Ramon. I'd be I should be sticky by now. Oh, fuck. Uh <laughs> so so I tried even that. That was my fucking uh, Hail Mary of that fucking fell incomplete. Uh cause you think I want to do that? No. But then also there's this other gig that just comes up. So this dude is like, all right, I, all right, I'm gonna talk about this. This is gonna be bad probably to talk about this, because again, I don't have the gig yet, and I'm still in the mix, I think. Um I won't, I won't name a lot of names, but there was a thing, and this guy's like, I have literally thousands of porn clips, and what I need is someone to come in and write them, write the description with the SEO type of stuff to try to get people onto their thing, and he's got a website. So it's gonna basically, it's like if you were starting Xtube, and you had all the porn clips, but you needed to write a two-sentence description, you needed to title them, and you needed to give keywords. And he's like, I have like thousands of clips. And he goes, so you need to do this many a day and it's this much per thing and da, da, da. And so he put that out there. And I, I, mean, I was, cause I, I go to Craigslist and I go to staff me up and all these different places. I go all the time. I mean, I'm going every 10 minutes, 15 minutes looking to see what comes up. So I see this gig and, uh, it wasn't there 10 minutes ago and now it's up and I apply immediately. And I sent him, I didn't send him a resume. He didn't want a resume. I just wrote him a thing and I'm like, Hey, you know, I I think that I can handle this. I would like to do it. I said two things. Uh, one, do I have, do you have to watch the entire clip? Like what's the length on these clips? If you want this many done a day, because that doesn't seem to be feasible. And two, will there be a byline involved in writing these? (laughs) I love it. I don't want one. 
I'm just asking you if there will be one. <laughs> because if there is, I've got to think of a last name for Ramon. Because <laughs> I am not using my name. So I sent him that to apply. And uh, like 90 minutes later, I get an email from the guy. And he's like, uh, and it wasn't to me. It was a, a group email. And he's like, I am stunned at the overwhelming response I've gotten to this ad. Uh, and so I have to try to figure out what I'm going to do going forward because I did not imagine there would be this many people responding. But at the same time, I wanted to contact you and let you know I received your note wow. and let you know what I'm going to do going forward. It'll be coming up. I'll figure it out. Thanks. And he gave his name. And so I wrote him back. And I said, thank you for the heads up, because Craigslist is just this bottomless pit of people who never respond, and I never know if my things are really reaching their destination. I go, please know you will be making a huge mistake if you choose not to give me this gig. Even in the face of the overwhelming response you've gotten, I am clearly the best for the job. Unless it's humility you're looking for, in which case I'm just happy to be considered. Thanks. Uh, and then I sent that to him. Thinking he would immediately go, this guy's the best. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone else. But instead, uh, six hours later, I get another group email. Uh, actually, not even six hours. The next morning, I got it. The next morning. And it said, uh, hey, I want to thank all of you for for trying to get this gig. I'm I'm amazed at how many of you there are. So I've decided to do this. Uh, I'm going to put up a sample clip and I want you to give me the title, write a two sentence description and give me the, whatever keywords you think are appropriate for that scene. And then I will review all of the data and whoever's going to get uh, these jobs will get contacted by me. Thank you. Uh, and so, so I, so he sends me the clip. All right. And, uh, it, it's a link to the clip, I should say. So I go to the I go to the site and uh, all right let's let's we got to tiptoe around this a little bit we got to be delicate. Uh, in my lifetime, and mine is a lifetime filled to the brim with porn. I am not sure. I have ever seen a less sexy clip. <laughs> than the one provided to me two days ago. <laughs> I, I watched it. It's, it's about a half hour long, so you got to scam through it and jump and try to figure stuff out. But I, I can't describe to you what it was. I won't tell you. I, again, uh, eventually when I'm not hired, I will be happy to tell you what it was. Uh, it was nothing out of the ordinary. It wasn't like scat or anything weird. It wasn't something terrible. It was sex. and But it was just... Here's the thing. All right, go to the grocery store. Next time you're at the grocery store, look around. You're in the 15 items or less line. Look at the four people that are closest to you and just imagine them going at it. <laughs> That's what it was. There was no porn star. There was no airbrushing. There was no... It was, it was a very specialized clip for a specialized audience. Uh, 
who enjoys imagining what normal people at a bus stop would look like if they were having sex somewhere. And I, I, so I, and I did everything I, you know, but again, I look folks, I'm, I'm a wordsmith. I think we all know that about me. So I sat down and I wrote the description and then I, I fast forwarded through. I had to make sure, cause you got to make sure everything that happens, uh, because I didn't want to say, describe something that didn't happen for fuck's sake. That would be awful. Cause then I look terrible. You know, hot horny milf takes three cocks in public and is attacked by ninjas. You don't want to say that if it didn't happen. This incredibly sexy French housewife and her man get busy in the shade as two men jerk off and watch them and then are bitten by wolves. You can't say that. It's not in the clip. As, as SEO as the words bitten by wolves are, boy, for search engine optimization, you don't get much more crystal clear than bitten by wolves. <laughs> so uh so so i had to make sure i saw the whole clip and i wrote it down and i shipped it back to the guy and i was waiting to hear from him and then uh and then i got a note back from the dude and he's like uh hey we've uh we've decided to go in a different direction what are you talking about <laughs> nobody described a big-titted french milf like i did there's no way i refuse to believe it and now i'm mad because i should have thrown in bitten by wolves maybe that gets me the job but then I'm, I was, I'm like, I didn't get it. And I was telling Lily about it, and she's like, "Hey, did he send you, you that clip, or did he send everybody that clip?" And I go, "I don't know. I just got that clip." She goes, "What if we sent that clip? Uh, you sent eighty different clips to eighty people. He's already got his website started." <laughs> I'm like, you know what? You're probably right. She's probably right because that's the shit that happens at Craigslist. Always, there's these dudes who are like, "Hey, ghost writers, do you have any ideas for a book? Send them to me." Literally, that's the whole ad. <laughs> oh, well, here's my plot synopsis. Take that. Click. Gone. Runs away into the woods gets blown by a french woman bitten by a wolf and writes a story and steals it <laughs> that's awful how can i be odd jobs johnson if i can't get the odd jobs who can't write porn description clips and i get my favorite part he's like boy i never thought a million people would want this yes there's a million lazy fucks out there who just want to type the word cock over and over i do it for free the quick brown fox jumped over and bit the lazy cock i type it constantly my cock was bitten by wolves. I can't tell you the amount. That's my typing exercise. My cock was bitten by wolves. I just type it over and over. How did I not get that gig? And what he wanted was he wanted you to write like 12 a day. He, was, he wanted he was going to give you five bucks for each one, but it was a minimum of 12 a day. And in my head, I was like, well, you know what? I could probably sit down and write like 300 in one day. I just get some massive paycheck from the guy. But the, he saw me out. He saw me coming. That guy, this guy fucking, he baffled me. I got bamboozled by porn asshole. That's not good. I got fucking schooled, man, because I, I got to tell you, folks, if I read this description to you, it would bring tears to your eyes. Oh, I'm a writer. If nothing else, folks, I'm a writer. And let me tell you, I made a woman getting gangbanged by three guys in the woods sound amazing, even without the presence of wolves. This clip was so terrible. It was like a 60-year-old dude jerking off watching a girl from the bushes, and then he gets invited to participate, and he can't get it up. It was a mess. It was a complete and utter mess. Just like, I, I, I'm not joking. It looked it looked like a sex scene you would actually stumble across in the woods. That's There's no charm to that. Even amateur sex has some sort of patina to it where you're like this is still kind of sexy this was not man it just like it looked like two dudes were out trapping animals and making butter and then they saw these two ugly people fucking and started to jerk off it's just terrible i want to put the clip up for you to see 
And then you, literally, I should just put the address up and you guys can see the clip. It's just so bad. It looked like something that Glenn would have had in the big bag of porn. Because it was, again, it was filmed in Europe. Because, again, the guy's clips are all, like, European, I, I'm guessing. Because everybody in this clip talked French when their mouths weren't full. So they were just fucking going at it. Well, only one of them had their mouth full. The three dudes were just, literally, it was just the pathetic old man. And the best part, I wish you could see it. Again, porn is ridiculous on its face. But then it's this this girl, she's got acne, bad skin, and she's getting worked by her boyfriend. And then they pan over. Like, there's not even, like, an editing. There's no editing. It was done with a handheld all in one shot. And they pan over, and the two dudes are jerking off. And one of them is, like, a walking stick. And then the and they're dressed like the Ricola guys, like they've got the fucking giant Ricola horn. I'm mean, so terrible. The one dude had a ranger hat on and like sh- mirrored shades. Like he was, you know what he was doing? He was strolling through the woods, tracking Cool Hand Luke, who had escaped from the chain gang. And then he happened upon these two fucking and decided to whip it out and jerk off. Because I got to tell you, that couple was shaking it there, boss. That couple was shaking it there, boss. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. I didn't get that gig. I slummed to do that. It took me 20 minutes to fucking write a porn description that was golden. If I could just show it to you folks, I would get like whatever the porn equivalent of an Oscar is. I would get like it's probably the Oscar, but he's got the sword up his ass instead of holding it in front of him. I don't think I would get an AVN award. I don't think it was that good. <laughs> Let's not get carried away. I'm new at this. I don't want to insinuate myself into the business that much. Uh, what is with these porn people turning me down and fucking not? I just don't get it, man. I'm slumming. You're lucky to have me even considering you motherfuckers. But no, I get shunned. I get pushed aside. And so I get the rejection letter from the dude. And here's my favorite part of the whole thing. And it says, hey, can we keep you on file for any jobs we have coming up in the future? In case we stumble upon more people fucking in the woods. And we want you to, to sharpen your fucking reflexes and really hone the point of a French woman getting gangbanged by a fucking park ranger, an old butter maker, and her boyfriend. And when I say an old butter maker, I do not mean it was Walter Matthau from Bad News Bears. He was not going to work on her. <laughs> Although Kelly Leak did drive by on a motorcycle. Couldn't believe it. It was like when Batman would come on and Batgirl would drive by. It was like all of a sudden these people were fucking and boom, there goes Kelly Leak right by. <laughs> That reminds me of one of my favorite jokes I ever wrote. I, I was like submitting to the best damn sports show, period. And uh, a guy there was like, hey, you should write some sports jokes. So I wrote sports jokes that night. Like I wrote a bunch of them and I sent them in. And one of them was, uh, it was something. I said, oh, and by the way, in men's tennis this weekend, boring to nobody beat the guy you've never heard of, 6-1, 6-1-6-love. What the fuck happened to men's tennis? I'm, I'm convinced John McEnroe could beat these guys with a beer in one hand and Tatum O'Neill's hair in the other. Sorry you didn't get the job. Can we keep you on file in case we want to write more mean tennis jokes in the future? God damn it. How do I not get hired ever? Oh, fuck. But you can't be Odd Job Johnson if you keep getting rejected for the odd jobs. Whereas if now I'm just a bouncer. I, I'm literally, I can't, I can't pro- proclaim myself a triple threat. I'm not a, 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 a multi-pronged guy. I'm just one prong. I'm, so, I'm a solo prong. That's all I am. I'm just a bouncer at this point. I tried. I tried to get an entertainment blogger job. Uh, it was another job they had. And this happened when I was in fucking Portland. So I wake up Friday, okay, and I'd applied for, I applied for jobs, and then I hear from these people, never, first of all. But these guys, I had applied two weeks before, and then they wrote me. And uh, I, I'm, I'm in the hotel room in Portland, and I'm sleeping, and I wake up, because Friday is show day. Friday, I sit in the room, I might have a banana, and then I just fucking learn everything. I learn jokes. That's it. I got to have some potassium to learn jokes. 
So I wake up and I go on the computer and uh, I got an email from these dudes and they're like, hey, Mike, do us a favor. Take uh, what any entertainment news story right now and give us a blog entry on it uh, less than 150 words. Write it right now. And uh, and I should tell you, folks, I am I am terrible without direction. Like, I, I mean, that's look, if you're listening here and you want to give me a job, don't listen to what I'm about to say. Uh, if you tell me what to do, I'll do it. But when you when you give me the choice to do shit, it always turns into a thing where I'm like, I'm not I'm not good at choosing. I'm not that guy. So he's like, hey, man, pick any news story at all. So I'm like, well, fuck it. So I, I went to E to see what the top five news headlines were. And I saw one and I grabbed it. And I wrote about Leno and Fallon. So I wrote it and it was, you know, it was fucking awesome. It was, I mean, again, as awesome as 140 words about that can be, you know what I mean? It was, it was well-written. It was sharp. Cause I mean, I go to fucking entertainment blogs and shit all the time and they're, they're terrible. They're a mess. It looks like there may have been exploding ink used because there's holes blown in the narrative of all of them. That's a, if you're blowing holes in the narrative of a blog entry, Jesus Christ. Um, so I filled out the Fallon Leno thing and I sent it to him. I haven't heard back. I, I didn't hear back at all. I sh- you know what I should have I should have written about Fallon and Leno spying on some chick getting reamed in French in the forest, <laughs> <laughs> and then the two of them started jerking off and jumped in, and then they were bitten by wolves. Uh, so I I didn't I don't know if I got that or not. I'm in the mix on that. I mean I just and again, as we all know, Craigslist is a wasteland, and I'm I'm still contacting guys. I I have done that thing where I've talked to guys who are friends of guys and they've turned me on to those dudes and they're like, Hey, do you want to, you got to help my friend. And then they write me. And it's so funny. It always seems so promising at first when they're like, Hey, I got a guy. He owes me. He's a dude. He knows a bunch of things and we'll go ahead and get him squared away. And then that guy's very nice. And then I write him an email and he's like, all right, I'll keep an eye out. I mean, and that's, which is fine. And that's the way it should go. That's exactly what it should be. But I don't want that. I want him to go, oh my God, you're awesome. Here's a job immediately. You know what I mean? I don't want, I, I, I and I, I know that's what I want. It never happens that way. Uh, but instead I'm just, I'm hoping, I'm wishing, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And, and time ticks away and, and here we sit. So, uh, I'll keep you posted. Um, but I, 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 you know what? I did another odd job. I walked the dog. Did I tell that story on here? I got a dog sitting job. There is a woman who, uh, and here's the thing. I should tell you, my friend, I don't even know. uh, I won't say her name. She's very private. I don't know if she even listens to the show, but she knew of my situation. I think she may have known about it through Facebook or something, but, uh, I met her at the Los Angeles podcast festival finally, but we had been friends on Facebook before that. And I think we had met before that as well. But unfortunately I I don't know. I, I meet people and then unfortunately I'm getting old. And so it slips out of my mind. Uh, but this woman is very nice. And uh, she reached out to me with a job opportunity a couple of weeks ago. Did I talk about the eBay thing on here? Yes. I did mention it? Yes. Yeah, there was some, some dude who had a bunch of stuff that he wanted to sell on eBay. And she turned me on to him, and I would have been logging it and entering it as he f- floundered around in his smoking jacket like Vincent Price in a 60s movie. Because he was just, <laughs> he was that dude. He lived in like a mansion in a, in a really cool place in Hollywood. And, uh, and it, the second I talked to him, I knew there was going to be a problem because it's like, I'm supposed to be listing his eBay stuff. So I talked to him and he's just like, yeah, how much do you think I get for this stuff? I'm like, you know, we're on the phone, right? I mean, like, I have no idea what you have in your house. I mean, unless it's going to be bitten by wolves, it's not going to be worth much to anyone. Uh, but he was a very friendly gentleman. It's just that it turned out that once we talked and we went through, he either A, found somebody else, or B, decided he did not want to sell anything because he's like me. He wants answers. He doesn't want to list a bunch of shit and then nothing sells and then he freaks out. He wants to sell it and get the money. Done. You just uh, Again, as, as you all know, I fuck algebra. I don't want to tell you why A uh, plus B equals X. I just want to tell you what X is. I don't want to fucking show my work. Well, this guy didn't want to show his work either. And I'm like, ah, you're a man after my own heart. 
Uh, and then he went back into his screening room and watched The Tingler, or whatever the fuck, some <laughs> 60s horror movie. Yes, <laughs> because he was that guy. When I talked to him on the phone, I just, I could, I literally could hear his pencil mustache. I mean, it was just that dude. And a nice man. Uh, but, and, and again, but yeah, I, look, I'm not good with anyone ever at all, people, period. But imagine me trying to talk to fucking David Niven. I mean, that would just be fucking <laughs> horrendous. David Niven had a better conversation with the streaker than I would have with him now. Um, so I, I, so she was very nice and she turned me out of that guy and I had to go through hoops to get that. I had to talk to two different people who had to refer me to him cause he's like a big deal, this dude. And, uh, and unfortunately he decided that, that either I wasn't the way to go or this wasn't the way to go. Or he's padding about in house slippers through a darkened mansion, trying to think of a way to reinvent the saint. I have no idea what he's doing with his life. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I know they remade The Saint, but it worked too good for the joke there. It just came flying out. And my brain, I went, I, The Saint was all I could pull in that moment. And I was trying to make it come out. And in my head, literally, I, I was like shuffling a deck of cards. The Saint was on the end of that train. And in my head, I'm going, think of anything else other than The Saint. But The Saint worked too good for the beats. <laughs> That's a glimpse into how my head works, folks. So this lovely woman, who was very nice, uh, then contacted me. And she know, she's... She gets it, like, because it's funny. There are people out there who are just like, "Hey, yeah, man. Well, you know, I'll keep an eye out." And I, and uh, she she must have been finely tuned into the desperation in my voice somehow, or she she knew, uh, because man, she she came because I'm looking for any gig, right? So she came to me and she's like, uh, "This is you might not be interested in this at all, uh, but I have a friend who has a dog and she's going out of town." Uh, no, the dog's not going out of town. That was a terrible <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> I have a friend. She's got a dog, and she's going out of town. Would you escort this dog to New Zealand? Why, yes, I would. <laughs> I would be happy to escort a, a dog to New Zealand. Some kiwi wolfhound. Um, no, she has a friend who is going out of town, and the friend is leaving a dog behind, and she was wondering if I could go and take care of the dog. While this was while they were gone, and uh, it, it, again, here is my favorite part about this person: she she's only met me a couple times. She might know me through this show, but I think she more, knows me more through Facebook. She's so so nice, and still, even with what she knows of me, she, her her no doubt trepidation at putting me in charge of anything was outweighed by her knowing how desperately I needed the gig. <laughs> Because I think we all know there's probably a 48% chance that dog dies, right? I don't know. I don't know. I fuck everything up pretty much on the regular. I fuck things up on the regular. So there is a really good chance that that dog was going to wind up tits up. Uh, so she had to know that, right? If she knows anything about me, but she still, still reached out because she knew, uh, because you know what? She, she had that much confidence in me because that's how it is. You know how it is with kids when they they get on a bike and you're trying to teach them how to ride and they have, uh, they're kind of shaky about it. But then you're finally like, look, I know you can ride a two wheeler. Let's go. And just your instilling of confidence in them gives them the effort and the ability they needed to ride a two wheeler. And then they're crushing it and nobody's dog dies. It works out perfectly. Uh, so that's what she thought of me. She's like, if I trust you with this dog, I know you're not going to fuck it up, right? And I'm like, of course I'm not. Why would I fuck that up? <laughs> She's like, well, go meet my friend. So I went to meet the person, and they lived close by me. Uh, and I, she you know, has an apartment with her daughter, and her daughter was so nice. Because, again, she doesn't know that I'm a fuck up yet. Um, she won't know for three days when she returns home, and they're just literally like a little patchy gravestone in front of their apartment. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, poor dog. Uh, so I go over to their house and they let me in and they're very nice and I meet the dog. Uh, the dog, by the way, my boss was named Buzz Buzz. A lovely, tiny, I don't even know what dogs are. He's just small and hairy. Like one of those, he was totally cute, but he was really small. Because uh, again, if it would have been a big dog, that might have been a deal breaker for me, honestly. Because you know me, I don't like spit in dogs. Well, I, uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't like dog spit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I can work with other types of spit. Uh, just put me in a forest in France. Forget it. Human spit, wolf spit, everyone's getting worked. <laughs> I would jerk off with a handful of wolf spit. All right. What? Come on. Look, if you're trapped in the woods, you got to make do. You got to make do with whatever shows up. And a wolf's mouth is cleaner than a human's mouth. That's a fact. Look it up. <laughs> it is. Trust me. That would be my name, my punk rock name. Jackoff Wolf Spit. How great is that name? Or is it Wolf Spit Jackoff? Or ja no, it's Jackoff Wolf Spit, right? That's got to be the name. Just Jack Wolf Spit. No. Maybe we'll put, the, we'll put the off in quotation marks. Uh, <laughs> so that's his nickname. He's Jack Wolfspit, but they call him off. Jack off Wolfspit. That's like a villain in Grand Theft Auto or something. That's like a final boss. Dude, you got to... I would make... Dude, I would make Grand Theft Forest. <laughs> uh, so then and, like, you got to fight Jack off Wolfspit. He's the final boss in Grand Theft Forest Auto. Because they have Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and Grand Theft Auto... Grand, how about Grand Theft Auto Yellowstone? <laughs> yeah, Grand Theft Auto Yellowstone, man. And you got to fight Jack off Wolfspit in the final battle. All right, so, oh, folks. Uh, so, I go and I meet Buzz Buzz. And uh, he and I, we, I, I had to bond with him for about four hours because uh, he had to be comfortable with me. How awful would that be? What if that was true? What if I really did? Those people wouldn't want me in their house for four hours, let alone the dog. Um, but I met him and he was very nice. And they're like, all right, well, when you come over, you've got to feed him here and you've got to give him this water. And, uh, and then you just walk them. She goes, it's, it's, and look, I, you know, it's one of the reasons my wife bailed because I wouldn't go walking. I wouldn't do shit. Like I was just a lump in my house. And now fucking odd jobs. Johnson has to go out and Hey, let's get a wolfhound and go for a sprint. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, and, and don't think when I was walking the dog, I was like, look at me now. Look at me now. Come back. <laughs> uh, that weird thing in your head where you're like, cause again, Karen loves dogs, loves dogs. And then I take this dog walking job and I'm like, God, if she was here, it would be so fun. And we could walk up and down the thing. Cause again, you still get flashes that even though it's over, even though the thing's torn asunder, you, you still get those flashes where you're like, that would be great. Right. You know, who'd really like this Karen. Remember her? <laughs> And it's the stupidest things, man. It's the dumbest things. You know what I got it the other day? This is going to sound so stupid. I opened a jar in my house. I opened a jar of pickled beets or something. Which, by the way, when your life leaves, you find out you like pickled beets. Uh, I didn't know that before. But when it's all that's left in the fridge and you're going through and just eating whatever the fuck is on hand, you're like, pickled beets, I'll go ahead and give those a Dane court. <laughs> and uh, I pulled those out and I opened the jar. And it was that thing where, like, in my head I went... Man, I used to open jars all the time for Karen. Like that that weird, and I had to reach high and get something off a shelf for myself. And I'm like, oh, that's what I did. That was who I was. I was the reaching high and jar opening guy. <laughs> now I'm this guy. Now I'm a lone guy who has to do that shit for himself. God damn it. <laughs> it was much better when I could sit on a, a chair and ignore the request until the final fucking straw. Will you please get this off the shelf? She's got a stepladder. She's climbing up, balancing. I'm like, honey, why didn't you ask? I asked a hundred times. If you need me, I'll be gone. 
Do me a favor, get that off the shelf. If you're looking for me later, I won't be here. <laughs> you dumbass. Oh my god. Idiot. <laughs> All along, it was me putting her up on a shelf. But I should have been taking her down. Oh man. <laughs> But I open jars. I'm strong. All right. So, uh, so I meet Buzz Buzz, and I'm like, you know, my wife would have liked you if she hadn't bailed. So would my butler. Same person. So he and I are hanging out at the house, and she's a very nice lady. And she tells me to feed him this and give him this water. And I said, all right. And uh, this was, I met her on a Friday, and she's like, come back Monday. Was it Monday? Yeah, Monday I had to start doing the dog thing, and then they would be back Tuesday night. So I only had to go walk him twice and feed him on Monday, and then walk him and feed him on Tuesday. Um, and so I went over there uh, the first day, and it's this thing where, uh, you know, it, <laughs> I don't understand people who don't stop you when they don't recognize you in an apartment complex. I mean, I don't, I'm not a cop, you know what I mean? I'm not like a fucking security guard. But when I went to her house, I'm, I'm just going in her house. They don't know me. They've never seen me. But people are just like, hey, what's going on? They're just like saying hi. And I'm, I'm literally breaking into someone's house, even though I have keys. You've never seen me here before, but I'm going in and out, but I guess people don't notice. Uh, Whenever Monday morning, Buzz Buzz is there. He's having, uh, he's jumping around, and they left the, you know, it was this, they left the Cartoon Network on for him. Of course. Which was fucking amazing. Well, it was great, because then when I went over in the afternoon, uh, Adventure Time was on with uh, Finn the Human and Jake the Dog, and I was like, no, this is Mike the Human and Buzz Buzz the Dog. This is fucking amazing. Uh, so I walked in, and I, I had to go walk him. <laughs> And I had to give him food. She's like, only feed him once and give him water. You know, if he needs water, give it to him again. But really, it's not. Uh, he's a tiny ass dog, and it doesn't matter. So uh, I'm like, all right. So, um, and, I, and I have to tell you this: uh, as we all know, I've done dog sitting before. Uh, the last time I was in charge of actual dog sitting, um, I went through the people's house, and then I watched their porn. Uh, including Talk Dirty to Me Part 2, which was one of the ones that they had, and uh, did not reset their VCR, and it did not tape their soap opera the entire time they were out of town. Because I did not know how to work a VCR, because this was like 1980. Uh, and their their $800 clock was just blinking on and off, and I didn't know how to fix it. And I went, well, they're never going to notice. Maybe they, whatever. I don't even know this, what this means. Well, what it means is they didn't tape their fucking soap opera the entire time you were gone, you dumb fuck. Uh, and they were just like, yeah, we, uh, we know. And it was a bad thing by year two. Was that in year two? I told that story. I don't know. Year one, year two. Uh, yeah, buy them all. They're all fantastic. And every single year, look for the hidden dog walking story that I have <laughs> because that's what my life has been reduced to folks. I have to tell you about all of the times that I babysat dogs. God damn you failure. And don't think that I didn't go to their house and open all the jars. Oh, I opened all the jars. I'm strong. Damn it. Look at this, buzz, buzz, jar, jar, open, close. Uh, so, yeah, that's right. It was just weird how it manifested itself, that weird feeling when I opened a jar and I had this flush. My face flushed, like I blushed and was like, yeah, I, I used to do this for somebody. God damn it. Um, so I'm there with buzz, buzz, and uh, we go for a walk. She said she would leave bags out because, you know, you got to clean up the dog's uh, stuff. His nonsense, his uh, his business, I guess you can call it all that, whatever comes out of the back of him. So, uh, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know. I don't know, Buzz Buzz. We're just getting to know one another. <laughs> he might shit out a chocolate sundae. I have no clue. Uh, he's a good dog. That's a good dog. I tell you what, that is a good dog. If he shits out a chocolate sundae, holy shit, that's a good dog. Um, so, I put the leash on him. We walk outside, and then we just we walked up and down the blocks, and uh, he, he, he was, man... 
little dogs are crazy. Like they they don't. Because she told me she goes, he's a runner, so he's going to try to sprint. But we got him outside. He didn't run at all. I mean, he was leading me, and I let him go where he was going to go. But then he would stop. And uh, I've had dogs before, and I've walked them before. What happens is you walk them, and they use the earth as their bathroom. The earth as their toilet. And then you take them home. Well, Buzz Buzz, dude, this dog, like I walked him up and down. A block. We essentially walked like four blocks. You know what I mean? Up and down two different blocks. And I, I have never seen a dog piss on everything i mean on everything like they always say jokes about like oh that dog's marking his territory or whatever but dude he would do that like he would go and he would the first time he would use the bathroom would be like on a tree or something and he would he would wail it he would really go off but then the rest of the trip at least 10 15 times he would just piss on something but just like a little bit like just just to say like hey guess what buzz buzz was here motherfucker you know what i mean and uh, and then he would just do this weird kicking thing where he would like use his hind legs to kind of like bury it, but he wasn't doing anything. It it almost looked like a reverse like chorus line, like he was doing kicks, like yeah, cha 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 cha. His front paws were on the ground, but his back feet were kicking like one at a time, like he was trying to moonwalk or something. And I'm like, oh, Buzz Buzz, go to work. <laughs> and I was talking to him the entire time because we were walking, and he would do that. And I go, yeah, Buzz Buzz, clean it up. Let him know you're here. Let him know you're here. And we would keep walking. <laughs> And people's windows are open, and then people would actually like look at me as I walk by, and I'm like, "Oh, are we are we stopping here, Buzz Buzz? Let's stop here. What do you like this tree? Is this what you? I'm just I kept up a diet because I'm bored out of my fucking skull. I'm not wearing earbuds. I want you know just in case Buzz Buzz is like help. I want to be able to to hear him. So I didn't wear any earbuds. So I was I was fully in the moment with me and Buzz Buzz. We walked up and down four blocks, and he fucking pissed on everything. And we're walking through, and he would stop, and he'd look around, and he'd look up at me, and I'd go, "You done here?" And he'd just look at me, and I go, "Keep uh, you know hang out as long as you want, Buzz Buzz." And then we'd keep walking. I never tugged his leash. I never, I never once tugged him away from where he wanted to go or anything. I let him. He just, he ran the show. He fucking ran the show wherever you want to go, dude. He, he would go up. He went all the way up to a person's porch, and I'm just I'm walking around on the porch. I don't care. What do I care? It's not my dog. I'll never be back. Uh, he didn't piss on anybody's porch. I wouldn't let him. I mean, if he did that, it would have been a drag. But for some reason, he had this innate sense not to piss on people's porches. He just knew that he was going to piss on trees and bushes and fire hydrants. So then we were walking. We walked all the way down. And uh, he had not involved himself in any sort of other business other than pissing and marking his territory. But right when we got to the end of the block, uh, he found this really deep clover, like this really deep wood, uh, like unmown lawn. And uh, and yeah, that was, and then it, oh, it all turned bad. And I should say, I, I, she was going to leave me bags, but she didn't. Uh, she said the bag, the bags will be there along with your envelope with your money and the, the, by the dog food. And there was no, there were no bags. So, uh, I'm like, well, I'm not taking this dog out without a bag. So I, I go, well, I got to look through their house and find a bag. I have to find a bag. But then I'm like, don't look through their house. I'm sure there's some nanny cam. And the second you walk anywhere where buzz buzz is not the fucking cops are going to burst in. It's a huge prank. And fucking, uh, Tom Berenger is going to come out and point at you. What's that dude's name from yes. fucking that Tom Berenger? He's not, no, that's Chris Hansen. To Kill a Predator. No, that's that show where the wolves come and bite everybody. That's a fantastic show. I wrote a clip for that over the weekend. No, that's To Catch a Predator. Yeah, but there's nobody there to predate. It's not, I'm not a predator there. I'm Buzz Buzz's pal. But if I start looking around people's houses, then I'm a fucking jag off. And then it's, it's going to be uh, uh, the, Tom, the guy from America's Funniest Home Videos. The Dancing with the Stars idiot. Is it Behringer? No, because Tom Behringer's the actor. They're, they don't have the exact same name. Boy, how how confused is that name? That name is so like, hey man, we were in Platoon, but we also got to watch fucking Andy Dick do a pirouette. God damn it, that's awful. I've never seen a name so abused in my life. 
That name is like, hey, we were the catcher in Major League and we're on every single moment of every single day and somewhere in the world. And then at the same time, they have to go, hey, look at this dog getting bitten in the balls. I mean, like, fuck, that name is confused. Now you're looking it up. Are you looking it up? Oh, boy. All right. So so I had to find a bag. Bergeron and Behringer. There you go. See? All right, good. I take it back. So Bergeron is the, hey, you got kicked in the balls guy. And ben, and Behringer is the, what do you all know about death? He's that guy. Hey, Elias. All right. So um, anyway, so I'm walking the dog. And I was like, look, I had to find the bag. And I prayed that it would be in the kitchen. And then there was a, she had a grocery, like a, a Whole Foods bag hanging on a hook. And then I reached in. And thankfully, there was a bunch of plastic bags there from like other grocery stores. So I scooped out a plastic bag. We went walking. And then uh, the two of us were like a team, like Milo and Otis, as we were taking the neighborhood. And he was just, like I said, he was doing his little crazy dance, like cha-cha-cha, cha-cha-cha. And I go, yeah, Buzz. That's right, Buzz, Buzz. You clean it up. You clean it up, Buzz, Buzz. Because, I mean, what the hell else am I going to do but other, uh, entertain myself? So I walked him on Monday. And I brought him to his house and I took his little leash off and I pet him. I, I had to be nice because I was just, you know, I'm a, I mean, I'm affectionate, but not really to dogs. If they climb on me, I'll pet them. But the thing is, I'm freaked out because I don't want uh, dog germs on me. I mean, I, I hate to be Lucy from Peanuts, but it's just like, ah, like literally I'm just, I'm not, because dogs are, they're, you know, their hair, I mean, I just saw this thing shit on the earth and now I'm going to pet it. I mean, it's like weird, but I guess that's what you do. So, uh, so he rolled over and he's like, hi, here's my buzz belly. And I'm like, let's go scratch it up. Ah, scratchy buzz. And I'm scratching him and I scratched his neck and he's rolling around and he's like smiling and he's happy. And I'm like, all right, watch Cartoon Network. I'll be back in a couple hours. Uh, and then I went over to the sink and I washed my hands. Like I turned on their sink and I had, uh, uh, I used their soap. And it's so funny. I keep thinking they're going to know I use their soap. Well, do I have to give them a dime for soap? I mean, their dog's dirty. What the fuck? Grow up. So I left their house and I locked it. And then there was a woman with a laundry basket. She's like, hi, are you a friend of this person's? And I said, I wanted to say no, just to be stupid. No, I'm not. Who's that? They live there. Goodbye. And just run. I think it'd be totally funny, right? Not that funny. Uh, but instead I was friendly and I'm like, no, yeah, absolutely. She's really nice. And then she go, and they were like, oh, are you taking care of Buzz Buzz? And I said, yes, I am. And, uh, and so then I split and then I came back later that night and there was adventure time and I watched, I won't, I won't lie. I watched about 10 minutes of adventure time with uh, buzz, buzz and I, and I was petting him and we were watching TV and then I went and walked him and then we came back and I, I get him his water and I got him his food. Um, but again, the same thing happened. We were walking around and I was just like, yeah, buzz, buzz. That's right. You take this neighborhood by storm. You do this buzz, buzz. And, uh, and we were just a team. It was awesome. Like I, I didn't even want to walk him. I wanted to put him on my shoulder like a parrot and walk around and just be like, yeah, who wants some, who wants some of me and buzz, buzz. <laughs> Cause when you own an animal, you can make it do whatever you want. That's awesome. Hey, buzz, buzz. You're not a dog anymore. You're a parrot. Climb on my shoulder. I'm going to wear a fucking pirate hat. <laughs> Genius. Dude, if you could train a dog to be like a parrot and just sit on your shoulder, but then it might shit on your back. All right, so what? it might because it's up top. I think a parrot would do that first. Yeah, but but a parrot, that's fine. Parrot, that's his job. Parrot shits on your back and he eats a cracker. That's his whole deal. That's what a parrot does. Literally, if you look, if you were advertising for a parrot on Craigslist, you'd be like, "Hey, must eat crackers and shit on backs." Done. <laughs> Hired. I can do that. And you know what would happen? I, as a parrot, would apply for that job, and they go, "I'm sorry, we're going in a different parrot direction." <laughs> can we keep you on file in case we have other parrot jobs to do? What would they be? I just said eating on crackers and shitting on backs. I do that. I'm a complete parrot. Fuck. But yeah, parrot shit's on your back. That's fine. That's good luck, right? Isn't that like eight years of good luck? It is. I'm serious. Look it up. If a bird shits on you like a parrot or something, you're like, yay, you're supposed to be happy. But if it's only on your shirt, if it gets in your hair, you're pissed. Even if it is good luck, I'd still be pissed. I wouldn't give a fuck if it was good luck. 
If it did bird shit in my hair, oh, that's awful. Oh my God. None of us want anything in our hair, right? Believe me, I've put things in hair that wasn't supposed to be there, and that was not a good day. Oh. That did not go well. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's up to you. Tell me you don't want anything in your hair first, okay? Because I just assume, I walk in, I assume with no ground rule set, your hair is fulfilling. Maybe you want your hair to get glossed up. Who knows? All right. I don't know how it works. Are those, are you supposed to ask first? No, man. I can't be asked. I got to get this out of me before the wolves show up and bite me. All right. So, uh, so then, you know, that happened. And I felt bad, like, going over there only twice. Like, because that's another thing is, like, I, I, to me, everything's human. Everything's alive. I've told you this. Like, I don't want, I, I won't put Kleenex in the toilet because it's, it's human garbage. Like, it needs to go in the regular garbage can because the toilet's for awfulness. Like, and Kleenex does a much different job. Toilet paper also should not really go into the toilet because it's, but it, it, but that's its lot in life, and that's what it's done, and that's what it's chosen to do, and that's what it went to school for. And fine, good for you, toilet paper. That's your thing. Do your job. Uh, but like, like when I open a can, if I open a can and they have that little like metal pop top, I always take it off because I hate that it bumps into my lip. And then, but then I'll hold onto it, and then I will actually, when I'm finished drinking, I will place it back in the can because that's where it lives. Uh, because well, actually, it lived on the outside of the can, but now I'll put it into the warm, uh, the inner recesses of the can. You have a question? No, 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 no. I, I will finish. That that gets thrown away. A, a bottle cap has to be thrown away. I re, look, I'm not an insane person. <laughs> really? <laughs> I recognize that some things are garbage and refuse and have to be thrown away like that. But if you were, if a can is, you know, as an entity, a can has that can on the top. So when you pop it off and I tear it off, which is, you know, it's, I'm causing some pain to the can. That's not, by all means, <laughs> that's not good. But then I'll finish my beverage, and then I go, oh, guess what? You get to go back in there and live inside the little can house. Because it did its job. It lived on the outside of the can for so long. Why shouldn't it go ahead and relax inside of the can now? You're, de- you're finished. Everything's done. But I, I have a weird thing where like things are alive, and I don't want things to be hurt. Uh, I know that's weird. Um, how did I get on that? I have no clue, crazy man. It's not crazy. Uh, buzz, buzz on your shoulder. Inanimate objects. Yeah. But I was talking about inanimate objects that I don't want to be hurt. Uh, it's like, you know what I feel bad for? No, no. But I will talk about this just right now. I, I also feel bad for the, uh, for the plastic bags that are used to clean up after Buzz Buzz because they were carrying milk like the day before. And they're like, ha ha, we have an important job. We bring milk home from the store. And then you, they're like, they go for a ride. They're like, oh, we're in a pocket. Who's this dog? And then you, you scoop them out. They're like, no, <laughs> they're so horrified. Because earlier, they were carrying, like, groceries and cookies and all sorts of fun stuff, and they're like, I am bringing nourishment to a family. And now, instead, they're just cleaning shit out of the clover. That's not good. That's not what those bags are for. There needs to be some sort of shit bag that you can go ahead and fucking bring out there and put on your hand. And, boy, that's a that's a fucking process. The putting your hand inside out and then scooping it up, and then it's all fucking hot and terrible. God damn it. Why does anybody own a dog? And then when you're walking, you're carrying it, and you've got to try to find, like, a dumpster or something to throw it in. Uh, brutal. So, uh, yeah, see, but that's terrible for a grocery bag because that's what it is. It's called a grocery bag. It's not a shit bag. You know, it's not a colostomy bag. It's a grocery bag. Earlier, it had oranges in it. Oh, my God, it was so happy to carry oranges home to a willing family. And then, sure enough, 24 hours later, it's being scooping shit out of a lawn. That's awful. That's just mean. See, you can't do that to a bag. All right. So, uh, I didn't even know how I got on the inanimate object thing. I don't. I have no clue. So, Buzz and I were there. Uh... Oh, 
here it is. I feel bad for like Buzz Buzz because they only wanted me to see him twice. So when I see him twice on Monday, he's like super happy and he's jumping around and he's, he wants me to pet him and he rolls over and he shows me his belly and I pet him and I pet his neck and everything and I'm really friendly and I'm nice to him. And then I watched a cartoon with him after walking him a couple times. Uh, but then I had to leave. And then they're like, you don't have to see him again Monday night. And I, the last time I saw him was like at 6.30. I, go, I went to walk him at 6.30 and I walked him until 7.30. Hung out with him, you know, gave him a fucking petting, whatever. And then at 7.30, I'm like, well, I'm not going to see him again until tomorrow morning at like 9.00. That's brutal. That's like 14 hours he's going to be alone with just him and the Cartoon Network, for fuck's sake. So I wanted, in my head, I was like, I should come back here at like midnight to make sure that he's okay. But I'm not going to go into their apartment at midnight. How weird is that? It's, I, it's weird enough that I'm walking in their house at like six at night or at nine in the morning, but now I'm going to show up in the middle of the night and just fucking walk into their apartment. Hey, what's going on? I'm just here to fucking break into somebody's house. Terrible. So I couldn't bring myself to do it, but I still felt bad for him. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm an idiot. So I wished I had the phone number because I would have called him. I mean, he couldn't answer the phone, obviously, but at least it would have rung and he would have known I was thinking about him. <laughs> Seriously. No, I feel bad for him. Totally sure, sure. So I went ahead and uh, and so the next morning I get up and I had to be there at, uh, at 9, 9.30. And I roll over to Buzz Buzz's house and I go in and he's going crazy. He's so happy to see me. Uh, and outside, they were doing some work on the apartment because I knew the apartment code to get in to her building uh, rather than use the key and stuff. I was just punching those buttons. Well, when I walked up, the front door was propped open and there was water all over the place. They were tearing up a sidewalk. So I'm like, oh, I'll stay out of these guys' way. So I grab Buzz Buzz. I walk in. He's going crazy doing circles. I put the fucking leash on him. We walk outside. And I'm like, yeah, Buzz Buzz, let's tackle a Tuesday. So we walk outside. We avoid the workmen. And there's a couple of people walking dogs and they both go, Buzz Buzz. The dogs don't. The people do. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you I was in Narnia walking these dogs? It was magical. Uh, so these people were very nice to me, but at the same time, they started kind of like snickering. And they were like, hey, don't you feel weird walking such a tiny dog? And I said, no. And they said, well, yeah, it's just that you're such a big guy. And it's like, he's so small. And in my head, I'm just like, do I, do I have to suck a cock now? I mean, like, why are you? It's just a dog. Dogs are dogs. And honestly, if I had a dog, I'd have a tiny dog. I don't want to have some big, fat, giant dog. Fuck all that. So I'm like, no, I'm, I'm cool. Buzz Buzz is a cool dog. They're like, oh, we totally love him. Uh, and they pat him and everything's nice and we all got along. Because, you know, look, I'm just out there chatting with the neighbors as I take my time to walk my dog, Buzz Buzz. And I thought, wow, this could have been my alternate life. If I wasn't such a fuck up, I could be getting giggled at by strangers because I have a tiny dog. Uh, so we continued to walk. And then there was a house. It was funny. There was one building that had a sign that said, don't go do not let dogs on the grass. And for some reason, Buzz Buzz knew that he wasn't supposed to go on there because we'd just breeze right by it the three times I walked him. So this third time we go breezing by and a guy walks out of the apartment building, shirtless, holding a beer. It's 9.45 in the morning. This guy's got a beer, no shirt. And he's like, you better not let that dog on the grass. And uh, I said, we're good. You know, morning. Trying to be, I'm still, look, I'm still friendly. I'm still buzzing from my chat with the neighbors from earlier. And he goes, Good, you better not let that fucking dog on the grass. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a bad place as it is right now where it's like, I don't need an invitation to scrap. I mean, and I, I, mean, I kind of do. I'm trying to avoid that because I like being soft, as I told you earlier. But also, uh, you know, I'll kill a shirtless dude holding a beer no matter what fucking time it is. I don't care. But it pissed me off that he was coming after Buzz Buzz. And the funniest part was Buzz Buzz just kind of stopped and looked at him. And he didn't growl or anything. But he just, it was almost like he was daring him. Like Buzz Buzz was like, yeah, maybe I'll go on the grass if I want to go on the fucking grass there, shirtless dude. 
And I looked at him and I go, we're okay. He knows not to go on the grass. And now I'm defending Buzz Buzz like, I know Buzz Buzz. I'm like, he, he knows not to go on the grass. And the guy's like, yeah, you better just keep walking. <laughs> and I go, uh, all right. And as I kept walking with Buzz Buzz, he's like, because, you know, if they even go on the grass, they, they piss on the grass and it makes the grass yellow. And I'm like, I'm done talking to you, Sancho. <laughs> Put on a fucking vest. Chug that beer and start your day. Or, you know, get a nap and end your day. And, uh, and I walked Buzz Buzz up and down. And then we got into the house and he was going crazy. He wanted to be petted. So again, we're watching Cartoon Network and I'm petting him, I'm petting him, I'm petting him. And I'm petting his belly and I'm petting his neck. And then I give him some food and water. So I go over to the sink and I turn the water on and there's no water. Because that's what the workmen are doing outside. They've turned the water off to deal with a leak or something. And I just, I just have my hands all over this filthy mutt. So... So I give him his food, and then he has no water to get. So there was like a bottle of Crystal Geyser water, and I took that and I dumped it in his bowl. And then I was gonna wash my hands in it, but I'm like, then they're gonna come home and see an empty water bottle and wonder why their bottle was empty. And I'm not, I mean, I'm. It's my weirdness that I have to wash my hands right away after the dog. It's not their weirdness. Uh, so I, I didn't. I kept my hands like, I felt like a leper. Like I didn't want to touch anything. <laughs> So we went outside and I actually grabbed, there was a towel in my car and I used the towel to start the car. Like I didn't, I wouldn't touch that. And I steered with my elbows and my knees to my house. Uh, and then when I got into my parking lot, I didn't actually, cause I have to turn into my parking spot. I just parked the car and got out and like ran in my house and soaked my hands in boiling water and fucking washed them real fast. And by real fast, I of course mean I spent 20 minutes with my hands in the hot water because I hate dog germs. <laughs> cause I'm fucking strange. Uh, but that's me, Odd Jobs Johnson, man. I'm bouncing. I'm I'm staring at tits, and I'm walking dogs. And uh, you know, hey, you got something to need done? Who needs a lawn mode? Tell me. Call me up. Uh, oh, we we're. Uh, you know what? Let's talk about that real quick. The Monday night tees. Uh, so then the girls are coming out and they're dancing and they're practicing. As I remember now to bring this to you, and there was a girl. I don't. Know, did I say her name? Do they? Does anybody want me to say her names? A girl named CC Stiletto. And. Uh, she goes out on stage and she's doing Greta Grenade's number. So Greta Grenade had come out and rehearsed her version of Cece's number. Well, then Cece comes out and does her version of Greta's number. And if Greta was watching, she'll never do her number again. <laughs> because Cece Stiletto pretty much retired it that night. It was, I mean, look, Greta's good and she doesn't find job and all that kind of stuff, but there was just, I mean, you know, there's, there's types, you see types and Cece is just a fucking tank. I mean, man, she is like, she's probably 5'11 and I'm, I'm going to guess probably 38 double D's and just, and, uh, didn't care who saw them (laughs) (laughs) because she went out to rehearse the bit and was not wearing any clothes. She went out to dance completely topless, like like no pasties, no nothing, just had her tits out and was doing her fucking rehearsal. And the funniest part was, you know, I'm I'm standing by the door, so I'm 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 getting a side view, and I'm like, ah, oh, I I so I made an excuse. It's so funny, I made an excuse to walk over by the sound booth to pretend like I was looking for something, <laughs> just so I could see both of her tits at once, <laughs> instead of just the one. And uh, and she's just dancing with her with her tits out and didn't care and was uh, was into it and uh, and maybe that's what, you know what made the number even better for me but then she did it later and it was still just as hot it's just she had pasties on but uh, but just that casual nudity I'm a fan I'm a huge fan 
Uh, so I went into the sound booth and I just I got my hands covered in wolf spit and went to work because that's how I do it. <laughs> that happened later in the night too when you did the birthday spankings and there was Rainy. Rainy went up. This girl went up on stage to get spanked and just lifted her dress up and was wearing like uh, like boy shorts, yanked all the way up. Yeah. And uh, she was like, "Spank me hard." And so I was by the door and I was like, "Well, I better go see what's going on in the back of the room so I can see the front of this." And I. <laughs> I did because I'm terrible. No. Nah, no, because I, I didn't. Oh, because four people snuck in at that point. I let them. <laughs> I kept my eye out. But that's me, man. I'm Odd Jobs Johnson. I've got to do something to stay afloat. That's what I'm trying to do. So if you got an odd job, call me, man. <laughs> uh, I, I, should, I feel like I should just have a van that says call Schmidt or something like that, you know, and, and just drive around and people can call me and hire me for weird odd jobs. But, you know, nobody has a good odd job. It's always some bullshit job. Clean a grease trap or fucking, you know. I mean, no, I want... Isn't there some job where I can just, like, watch Cartoon Network at your house and be funny? Let's do that. There's got to be some kind of job. What? You're paid to watch girls take their clothes off. That's, yeah, that... It's, like, the best odd job ever. Yes, that's totally awesome. There's no doubt. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm trying to get other people on board with other things. So if somebody has some job where I can just come to their house and be hilarious... I, I, I will say this. I actually thought of that when I was in Portland. Uh, I forget who I was talking to. Was I talking to Michael? Uh, the guy Michael who picked me up at the airport, who's the host of and the podcast you wrote in on, um, he, uh, I was saying, I was like, man, you know what? I got to learn. I got to figure out a way to make this happen where people just pay me to come to their town and we all hang out and just have and just talk, and like and just eat, and go out to a bar. I mean, like, but everybody pays me for the privilege. <laughs> it's so stupid. But he's like, you know what? I bet there's some people in who would actually do that. And I go, you know what? You're probably right. But I, I don't have the balls to even think about listing it where it's just like, hey, hire me to be a raconteur and come to your fucking party. That's crazy. Uh, it's awesome. It would be fucking awesome if somebody took me up on it just to, to get paid to hang out with them, to be posse. Like, that would be awesome. Rappers have posse, but I would be like a paid member of your posse. The only wait, hold on though. But the only problem is that the reason that doesn't work is because then eventually I would usurp you and I would be the coolest member and you would become my posse. There's no not much doubt about that because eventually all the other people in the posse would go, "We love this dude. We need to elevate him from posse to leader, and you have to be sucked back into the posse." You've already done that. What been posse? Yes. Remember New Year's Eve with Seth and Brandy? Oh my God! <laughs> Holy shit! I did do that. You Oh, see, I gotta no, I gotta make that a business model. It worked once. I gotta trick somebody else. Unless Seth and Brandy, hey, what are you guys doing? What, what's coming up? Memorial Day? What you want to hang out? Tell me where we're going and what we're doing, and I'll be there. God damn it! God, I forgot about that. I was paid to be posse. Jesus Christ! Look at me. I'm the vanguard of being paid to be posse. Yes. I need to do it again. Somebody else out there who needs posse. <laughs> yeah, it does. The whole thing. That's why I keep saying it because in my head I'm like keep saying. We need posse. I need a wolf posse. That's what I need. Oh, dude, I need a wolf posse. All right. That's probably why I didn't get that porn job, because I kept writing, oh, they kept filling up her posse with all three cocks. <laughs> oh, stupid. <laughs> um, so that's me, man, trying to find an odd gig, whatever gigs there are. Um, you know, I it's funny, because I haven't talked about Portland. I should have. Uh, but I'll talk about that later or another time, maybe. Because I have to tell you, all right. There's a reason I came in late today to work with our good friend Lily. Um, because today 
was the day I was to audition for Wheel of Fortune, which is a game show of some note. <laughs> now, when last we left our hero, he had driven over 100 miles to go to the Morongo Casino in Cabazon, California, just to be uh, involved in the tryouts, because they don't do a lot of Wheel of Fortune tryouts in Los Angeles, Southern California. So 100 miles out was about as close as they were going to get, unless I wanted to just fill in an online thing. But here's the thing. I didn't want to just be a piece of paper, as you know, because my whole selling point is me. Uh, my personality is what I bring to the table. Can I play hangman with the best of them? Certainly I can. <laughs> but I also play hangman with a panache that you won't find in your normal hangman player. So I wanted to prove that to them in person. So I went down to the Cabazon Casino. As you know, this was about 10 episodes ago, maybe 10 weeks. I don't know. It was a while ago. But uh, but Captain RSTLNE was on the case. Went down to the Cabazon Casino, and just to refresh your memory, I showed up for the first audition. Didn't seem like there was a line. I went upstairs, and it was full. I mean, it, there was probably about 500 people there. Uh, and then they still had three other sessions to go through, or two other sessions. So there was going to be they were going to see about two two thousand people that day. So I had to fill out a slip of paper. So it's funny. I did not want to fill out an online form because I'm like, well, then I can't be me. So I showed up there, and they made me fill out an even smaller form. This tiny little slip of paper. And uh, they said, tell us something about yourself. And I wrote, I'm charming, handsome, and loved. As you know, I wrote that down. Uh, and I put that in the big bozo drum, and I waited to get picked. Well, then they started the game, and there was the, the substitute host and the traveling Vanna, and they all got on stage. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Go buy year five. Um, and then uh, I sat there. I was there for like three hours, it seemed like, you know, two and a half, I think. And uh, I was not chosen to be uh, a participant. They kept bringing people up and interviewing them and making them sing and making them solve puzzles and do all the things that they want to do. And uh, I was not one of the people chosen. And I could not, I, I was fighting with myself. I'm like, do I really want to drive 100 miles to take this chance? And I'm like, well, yes, because if they pick you, you're going to be the man. Well, they didn't pick me. So I went downstairs. They're like, uh, hey, you can go ahead and get back in line. Also, we do pick random slips of paper out of this drum when we get back to Los Angeles and call people for auditions. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, I got to hope Charming, Handsome, and Loved carries the day. So sure enough, uh, life took place. The next few weeks unfolded. And I was in Chicago doing a show. And on the shuttle bus to O'Hare... I checked my email, and I got an email from WOF Auditions, and I, I immediately freaked out. I opened it up, and it turned out that I had been invited to audition. You don't reply to the email. You have to call this secret number that they gave you, and they had to call it soon, or they were going to fill up. Uh, and I had just checked my email like 20 minutes earlier, so I knew it was a new email, I immediately called them from the, you know, on my cell phone from a bus in Chicago and I got a recording and I spelled out everything about me to them that they needed to know. And I made sure I was on the list. And then I went to Facebook and I told all of you and everybody was very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure all of you were very excited. <laughs> the people who saw it certainly seemed to enjoy it. Uh, so I wound up getting the, told the audition was going to be April 3rd. So that, folks, is today. And the audition was to be in Culver City, California, at a Doubletree Hotel, in the Catalina Room. That's right. And uh, I have a lot of success in hotel ballrooms in the past. 
So, so I was already feeling good about this. <laughs> and I stayed at a double tree in Portland last week. So that was amazing. It was just like this weird symmetry. It was perfect. Uh, so I, boy, I, I, I feel bad skipping over Portland to get into this. Um, so still, so I got up, I made sure I was like, Garrett, you got to get up early today. Cause again, I'm on a plane tomorrow. I, I, I have to be, I'm very lucky that it wasn't like April 4th. Uh, because honestly, I would have just, I would have shunned my plane ticket and I would have driven to San Francisco. And if it would have been April 5th, I would have just been fucked. So luckily it fell on April 3rd, which is the day before I'm flying to San Francisco. Uh, it just, it just all dovetailed nicely. So I had to be there at 2.15 for a 2.30 audition. So I said, fuck it. You're leaving your house at one because in California, you never know how long it's going to take. It was only 15 miles from my house or 17 miles, but that could take an hour and a half. So I said, fuck it. You're leaving at one. You're leaving at one. You're leaving at one. And I left my house, hopped on the 405, left, left my house at 10 after one, <laughs> of course. Uh, but I got on the 405. I was blazing. Everything was fine. And I got off at Jefferson looking good. Went to the double tree. Uh, I was, you had to park. It was funny. They warn you. It's, I wonder how civilians live. Like, cause in the, in the instructions for Wheel of Fortune said you must bring $6 to pay for parking. You, either, you, Wheel of Fortune will not validate. Please do not ask Wheel of Fortune to validate. And I'm like, who in their right mind is approaching Pat Sajak's surrogate and going, please validate my parking? No, it's six bucks. Eat it. So, but it was, they stressed it so much that I thought it must be a real recurring problem where people want their six bucks back. And, and honestly, when I went to that Cabazon Casino, I can see it because it was all 95 year old people yeah. nursing their final hip. And so in their mind, they're like, hey, where's that $6 you owe me, Pat Zajac? Uh, which was ridiculous. By the way, cut out that and give it to whatever voiceover agent you meet because I should have had a job doing that. <laughs> that was me as an old guy. How great was that? That was my old guy, Grandpa Buzz Buzz. It's a character I invented. Um, so weird not having my tweakedaudio.com slash 40 earbuds in. I've done shows like that before, but still it's odd. Uh, so I get there today and I walk into the lobby and there are people spread out all over. There's the, I find that I find the Catalina room and there's a bunch of people clustered by that. And it says, uh, next audition two 30, do not come in. if the doors are closed. So I look around and everybody's kind of taking the available seats. So I go out and I sit in the bar and I'm in the bar and there's all sorts of people waiting. And there are people who are playing wheel of fortune on their iPads. And there are people that are they're practicing and studying and doing all that. And my favorite part is, look, I've, I will not lie. Uh, when I, after I got the audition notice, I've taped Wheel of Fortune every night because I had to reacquaint myself with the show. Look, I know Hangman. I know letters. All right. I, I speak. I use language every week. All right. But I had to kind of get an idea for the strategy again because I have uh, I used to be really good at Wheel of Fortune when I was a kid. Um, but that was, I haven't watched it for any real length of time. I mean, I've stumbled upon it certainly maybe once a year or twice, but, uh, I'm just never watching TV at that point in time. And if I am, it's something I'm going to watch. I'm not flipping channels. I don't watch a lot of local TV. Here are more excuses for why I haven't seen the wheel of fortune. Nobody cares. Tell the story. Folks get a pen. Here are all the reasons I haven't watched wheel of fortune in the last 15 years. Now. Because <laughs> I knew if I ever started watching it, my wife would leave. Guess what? <laughs> so, I uh, 
I was like, all right, so I, I got to start watching it. So I started watching it, and I, they're all new. There's nuances where they have those connecting puzzles called Same Name. Uh, there's Before and After. Uh, you just got to get the vibe of those. And then there's, I started to watch the strategy of people, and people on the show buy vowels like immediately. They do that now. It didn't used to be the case. And, uh, and also, they are solving the puzzle with little money. Because there's so many pitfalls now on the wheel, they've built in a lot more bankrupts and stuff, uh, and you can get you can lose your money very quickly, lose it turns. They put it seems like they put more spaces, more pitfalls for you, uh, because people are solving it right away. There will be these things called prize puzzles, and they'll and a guy will spin and he'll have no money. He'll buy vowels and then he'll go, I'm going to solve it with no money, because he's getting the prize, and the prize is a trip to Maui and that's six grand, so that goes in his total. He banks that, so it's all about strategy and knowing what to do. So I'm watching it over the past few weeks, and I will tell you this, you just fall right back into the rhythm of it. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm watching it, and uh, the, I, I'm watching it at my house, and I got fucking Don Johnson in Miami Vice with just the J. Like, the category was 80s, and the J came up, and I just knew it. You just knew it in your fucking head, and I'm like, God damn it, I'm ready for this fucking show. Throw a blanket on me and get me out of here. This is fucking scary. I'm on fire. <laughs> um... So I, I've been playing for you know weeks. Even today, I watched two episodes just before I left. So I guess I shouldn't mock the iPad crew. Um, but they're they're there and they're all learning and they're all talking about letters. Everybody's like E B C. I don't know. It's just this weird language that I don't understand. And uh, I'm sitting off to the side because again, I uh, like I'm there to get on the show and certainly I'm there to do what I can. But at the same time, I'm a I'm kind of a smirky jag off. You know that. So I I still have myself at an ironic distance from these people. Like I'm like, look at these idiots trying to get a wheel of fortune. By the way, I need to get on this or my life falls apart. <laughs> it's that bad. It's like, oh my god, look at all these gym oaks practicing their fucking wheel of fortune. By the way, if I don't win this, I'm going to debtor's prison. So. <laughs> Let's put it this way. If if I get on the show and I don't win, there's a good chance that whoever did win is not going to make it home because <laughs> they're going to get fucking kneecapped and I'm going to put on a mustache and pretend to be them lady or no lady. So uh, so I'm like kind of so I'm still I'm still me inside where I'm looking around like, look at all these fucking dumb fucks. And then at the same time, I'm like, God, I got to get in there and do good. I have to win this. I have to win. Do you know how bad that is? Imagine if you played the lottery, folks. Imagine if you played the lottery having to win. Holy shit, I need $40 million now. I better win the lottery. I mean, it's like that. In my head, I'm going, I got to get on Wheel of Fortune and I got to win. Like, it's not even this weird. It's not a lark. It's not fun. It's a job. Like, that's a, that's also a job. I might as well be walking Buzz Buzz Sajak because I need to get on that fucking show. So, and I need to win, too. That's the thing is I got to get on it, but I got to win it. But at the same time, I'm looking at people like, ah, you idiots. So I'm sitting there and... uh Finally, like 2.20, 2.25, people start walking out, and they, they thrust open the doors. And they're like, hey, welcome, Wheel of Fortune people. And they start giving us a speech. They're like, come on in, and we'll seat you. And then there's a form. Just start filling it out. So uh, I, I make my way in, and they're making everybody go down the aisles. And, I, uh, you know, like they fill up the first row, the second row, third row, and you got to just go in from the, from the end out. So I would have had to sit in the middle of the third row, and I said, can I start a new row in the fourth row so I'm on the end? And she's like, absolutely. So I went down there and I got the form. And it's a bigger version of the form I filled out in Cabazon. So they want to know, you know, name, address, phone number, all sorts of stuff. And then they're like, they're tell us uh, something unique about you. And I, of course, immediately wrote that I had a dog named Buzz Buzz. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know that's going to go over very well. Oh my God. I did not. I did not. 
I'm not that pathetic. <laughs> I have a dog named Buzz Buzz. No, I, I had already made up some stuff by saying I had a wife. So I figured I I didn't want to make up a pet as well. My lovely wife and I have been together for 20 years, but married for 16. <laughs> I figured the fake dog was really just the fucking cherry on top. So enough of that. Uh, and I also had to make up a fake occupation because they don't want to know that you're a comic. Like literally, I you know the whole thing's phony. So I'm a bouncer, which is essentially I am because I can say that I do it for you. So uh, it, 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 it had less letters than dog walker. So I was like, all right. And I thought about putting podcaster and all that kind of stuff, but I just I didn't want I did not want to give them any opportunity to tell me no. Um. So I fill out the form and it said, uh, no, but I did the thing again where I go, I, I just wrote, I'm really funny, like scary funny, and I'm charming, handsome, and loved. I wrote the same thing on the sheet. Um, <laughs> and then I said, you know, that I was a bouncer and they asked for your, for your address and all this kind of stuff. And so I filled the whole thing out. And But it, it, I will tell you, it is weird though when they say, and they want to know your hobbies and what you do. And... Uh, you know, everybody goes to movies, everybody reads, everybody does that. And I don't really have any hobbies. I, I fucking crawl into the internet and disappear for fucking seven hours. And then I write descriptive prose about French people fucking in the woods. <laughs> I invent characters like Jack off Wolfspit. Put me on the show. Uh, so, so I had to come up with stuff there. So I was like, I, I wrote that I enjoyed like going to restaurants and, and eating different food and, and all those sorts of things. I, I mean, you know, you just try to make up whatever you can. Um, because again, that's all on the page that doesn't, I, I got to give life to it if they talk to me, but are they going to talk to me? No fucking clue. So we get into the room and there's probably, I'm going to say there's 80 people in the room now, five, 10. Yeah, about 80. And they've got us all, you know, in rows of five and they take our name according to where we're sitting. They have a seating chart and they start asking people their names and they go. And so they asked me, they said, uh, they go, give us your last, your, your last letter if you hear another name before you. So they came to me and I said, Mike S, because you know you're going to have another Mike. And uh, she's like, well, we don't have one just yet. And then two more other Mikes are like, I'm here, Mike, oh, whatever. And they're very friendly and nice. And I'm sitting next to a kid named Stuart. Seemed like a nice guy. And, uh, and it's that weird vibe where you're in the room with people. And, and uh, I'm a performer, so I kind of know what's going to happen. I know what to expect. And I know how to act in a crowd and in a room. Well, these people are, there's people from fucking like Elsinore and old ladies. And they, you know, it's just this weird mix. There's young people, there's old people, there's Asians, there's Mexicans, there's Caucasians. It's a whole melange. Um, so they go through, Ashley goes and takes everybody's names and writes everything down. And uh, they go, all right, here's the way we're going to do it. Up front, there is a screen and they go, we're going to show you a presentation. It's going to give you an, an idea of what we're doing today. And then we're going to play the game. Uh, we have a wheel here and we're going to spin it and we're going to call you by name. And when you're called, you need to jump up, be ready to play the game. You need to either buy a vowel or you need to spin. And then when you do that, you need to call a letter. And if it's up there, you will need to buy a vowel or you need to spin and you need to play like you are playing on TV. There are no delays. You cannot, um, you cannot, uh, you need to play and be excited and do your thing. And everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And they said, all right, so we'll start calling names uh, now. And uh, well, actually, they put a puzzle up. I should say, for, well, uh, let's go back. They show us a, an introductory piece from Vanna and Pat telling us to relax and have a good time and enjoy the show. And just please participate because they want to meet us desperately, uh, which, of course, puts every old lady at ease. 
Um, and they show us the bloopers, the old, like the 4,000th anniversary show and all this different stuff. They're showing there because they're getting you in the mood, man. And I'm sitting there. And uh, so they start doing the puzzle. They put up a puzzle. And then they call a name and the person jumps up and she's like guessing letters. And then they, they do the spin 350 and then you got to call it. And uh, they're coaching you the entire time. They're telling you, hands out of your pockets, clap, have a good time, smile, do that. You know, you're on the show. So it's weird, man. It's weird, especially if you're not a performer, because you're trying to solve the puzzle. You're trying to keep track of the letters that have been called. You're trying to keep track of, uh, uh, track of whether you've spun or whether you've got to buy a vowel or whether you've got a free play or you're going to lose a turn. And you got to listen to her as she tells you all the stuff to do. Plus, you got to look like you're having the best fucking time in the world. So they're putting these people to their paces and they're just like, you know, they smile, make sure you clap and have a good time and call the letter L. Oh, there's two L's. Yay. Okay. I'll take an O. Well, so you want to buy a vowel? Yes. I'd like to buy a vowel. I'll buy an O. Okay. Uh, we'll take a K. Well, don't you have to spin first? Yes, I have to spin. It's like, and everybody's in the moment they're doing and they're calling out, you know, Bill and Bill stands up. And then when he gets a buzzer or he doesn't get a proper letter, they Sarah and she stands up and everybody keeps playing. Uh, and so I'm sitting there and I'm waiting. I'm just waiting to get called. And I'm, but I'm actually, I'm, I will say I'm pissed because they're only going to get me for like a few seconds. You know what I mean? We're all playing and it's just going to be a few seconds. So they're playing, they're playing, they're calling, they're calling. And, uh, food and drink was the column, was the thing. And I did not know the puzzle. And, uh, and it was nine letters, two letters, two letters, eight letters. And the only thing up was the uh, L. There's an L in the first word. So, uh, you know, they call, and then they, so then they call Mike S. And I should tell you, when they're calling everybody, everybody's jumping up and they're like, yay! And they're clapping and they're going crazy. But the thing is, they're over, they're doing it, they're overdoing it a little bit because they, they have to still focus and stuff. So I'm stupid. So they go, Mike S. And, uh, and I just stood up and I didn't jump up, but I, I rose like a leviathan, I rose out of the crowd. It was just a sea of people, and all you saw was my head and shoulders just fucking ascending to the top. And I fucking stood up, and I just went, yeah! Because <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah! And I started clapping, and then I said, I'll take a... And then I said, spin it! And she spun it, and she's like, 350! And I said, I'll take a P. And there were two Ps. And I said, oh, spin it! So she spun it again and she goes, free play. And I said, give me an E. Because when you say free play, you have to, you basically call a vowel because you don't have to pay for it then. So I said, give me an E. And, uh, and the E's come up. And, uh, and I'm, so I'm looking at it and it's this weird thing where like people are cheering and you're trying to stay focused and all that. And uh, I said, spin it. And she spun it again. And, uh, and I said, D, which I should not have called because there were still S's on the board. But I went D. And she goes, no D. The, and the buzzer went off and I went, Duh! and I sat down. And, uh, and, and these, and fucking people cracked up because it was like everybody else, you could kind of tell they were trying hard, but I'm just me. I'm just an idiot. I'm a natural idiot. All right. There, everybody else was trying to be an idiot. Fuck. I'm a born idiot. <laughs> yeah. And I start clapping. I'm like, all right, give me a P to them. Spin it. <laughs> idiot. Uh, and then Duh! so I sit down and the kid Stuart looks at me and he just goes, you're really good at this. <laughs> I'm like, shouldn't have gone with the D. And he goes, ah, I, did, I just, that was great. And I'm like, oh, okay. And the guy behind me claps me on the shoulder. So everybody else is playing, but I'm pissed because that's the only chance I'm going to get. And the puzzle, by the way, was sprinkles on my cupcakes. If I go with the S, fuck, I would have solved that motherfucker. Because uh, I had the L's and then I called the P's and then I got the E's. 
Uh, but then fuck. So whatever. So then they keep calling people and they're solving puzzles. And, they, and we went through 30 puzzles because there's 80 people and they all get to sit up and play and all that. And uh, Stuart stood up, by the way, next to me, fucking crushed it out of the park. He got live from New York at Saturday night and I, I knew it. Uh, but I, you know, obviously I'm not called, but he stood up and then he bought the eye and they all came up and he's just like, he kind of nodded and I knew he knew. And here's what they did to you. They wanted everybody to play. So when you would call out a letter, like you would only get like two or three spins and then you better know what the fuck you're doing. Cause they're going to put you on bankrupt or they're going to put you on lose a turn because they want everybody to play. And they want you to know the puzzle. You, know, you, you have to be not only playing, but you need to be working to solve all this different stuff. So I'm just sitting there and I'm clapping and I will tell you this, uh, everybody else is just kind of like, you know, clapping or whatever. Well, I'm, every time they would call somebody's name, like Bob, this guy, Bob, and I go, Bobby, come on. And I'm clapping. And then Bob would grab some letters and he would let him sit down. And then this girl was named son. And I go, come on, son, come on, son. Just being stupid. Cause it was totally funny. And I was like, and Stuart was just looking at me and he's like, this is hilarious. So, because I just, because that's all I got, man. All I got is me being me. Uh, and that, because that's the shit I did on, like, when I was on the Ultimate Fan League, I acted just like, a, I acted the fool. Just like a dude talking trash in the, in the stands of a basketball game. But instead, we're all having a good time. So, uh, so they call, there was a, some woman named Gervon. And she was awesome. She was this fucking woman who does, the, you know, gospel singer or whatever. And uh, but they go, Jervon, and I go, oh, come on, Jervon, come on. And she like solved the puzzle. And we're like, yeah. And fucking Mike O stood up behind me. He solved the puzzle. And I it literally I didn't even say anything. I just put my hand up and he fucking high fived me. And I'm like, that's right, Mike. He sits down because <laughs> I'm just doing I, look, I have to win this. I don't know if you're aware of this, folks. I need the money. I'm not, I'm not there to, yay, enjoy my afternoon. Fuck this. I am a mercenary, and I already chili-dipped my shot by guessing a D instead of an S, so I'm going to do whatever I can to fucking stand out. So when they put the stack into the pile later, uh, when they're looking for contestants, maybe, maybe they'll remember me. So they run through the whole thing, and it's, it took about an hour, hour and 40, no, hour and 30 minutes, and finally everybody's played. Uh, it took an hour, actually, because it was 3.30, because this is when I I, well, was right, right, I texted you a few minutes later, because we were done playing the live version of the game, then they had a test for us. They said, we have a test, we're going to pass them out, and there were different tests, yellow and pink, um, because then if you were sitting next to someone, obviously you could not copy because they had a different colored test. That was the way they did it. They staggered everybody, so everybody had a different colored test sitting next to the other person. Um, put five minutes on the board, and you had five minutes to solve puzzles just puzzles with letters missing and uh just like the show and there were 12 puzzles um and i i flipped it over and i i got three immediately like david letterman and it was only the d and the and the n and the l uh and it, a couple and i got pancake and trail mix you know what i mean uh, and whatever the fuck but there were only there were 15 puzzles. No, no, there were 12 puzzles. Because there was, uh, no, there were four sections of four. There were 16 puzzles. Uh, believe me, I'm glad it wasn't a math contest. Because I, I tell you this, when I pulled in, uh, it was six bucks to park. So I rolled my window down and there, I was on the phone with a buddy of mine from Chicago. And, uh, and I said to the valet, I go, hey, how much is it? He goes, six bucks. And I handed him a 10. And I go, uh, I go there you go. I go. You know, I can give you like two more to get the change back. And he started to like figure it out. And I did too. And I go, you know what? That's not going to do anything. Just fucking just give me my change. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff just like he just starts laughing. He's like, "The hell is wrong with you?" I go, "Dude, I can't think. I don't fucking know what to do. My abacus quit." So, uh, so fuck numbers. I, you know, I'm glad it's a spelling show. 
So, uh, so I, I started to solve puzzles. Like I said, there were there were sixteen puzzles, and uh, and I got eight complete, like done in five minutes. And then I filled in partially like three others, just words that I, I knew or guessed at, but I could not pull it together. Uh, the, the problem, the one I had the real problem was proper names, which I was pissed off because I got David Letterman and then there were three that I had no idea what the fuck they were. I could not put it together. Uh, and I just, so I, but I went right away and I hopped around, you know, cause that's how I took tests in school. Like I didn't, that was the one thing I did do right in school. I would just blaze through. If I didn't know something, I said, fuck it. And I just go to the next one. Uh, and then you'd come back to that shit. But what you did was you finished everything you could possibly finish. And then you came back and dicked around with everything else. Um, so I took this test in five minutes. We all finished. And uh, that was it. They started to collect the tests. And I'm just like, well, I stood up because we were going to take off. And I was pissed because, you know, again, I'm selling me. You know, they're, they're going to see that I only completed like eight puzzles out of 16 and then partial on some others and who knows there were some fucking savants there there was a dude when we were filling stuff out this one dude is like hey uh what do you want to know what do you mean unique and they're like well anything about you that's unique and he's like well is there anything that i could that i should tell you about my disability and they're like absolutely go right ahead um and in my mind i wanted to go you mean the uh, discussing of your disability in public would that be the thing that you're going to mention <laughs> I don't know if missing a thumb gets you on the show. It's going to be tough to spin the wheel, but good for you. <laughs> but I didn't look at him. Whatever. Good. Do your thing. So so they collected the tests and, uh, you know, I, I, we were ready to say goodbye. I said goodbye to Stuart. And I was just pissed that I didn't get a chance. So they go, okay. They go, well, uh, we're going to go and uh, we have to have a meeting and we're going to talk and go through your tests and things. And then we'll be back uh, and we'll announce everything then. But, uh, but right now we're going to go and be back in your chairs in 20 minutes. We'll call it 20 minutes. And they walked out and I'm like, what the fuck? And Stuart stood up and I'm like, what's up? And he's like, oh yeah, they, uh, now they, they make a cut. They're going to take the tests and then they're going to keep people to play. I said, seriously? He goes, yeah, that's the way they do it. It's like they do, they, they bring in all these people. I go, why? That's weird. Cause I was used to the casino where everybody was there and everybody got thrown into the same pile. He's like, well, no, this is, this is how they kind of take the wheat from the, the, the chaff. And I'm like, all right, cool. By the way, Stuart did not say wheat from the chaff. That's my phrase. I don't want to hang that on Stuart. This fucking thing from the twenties. <laughs> Stuart's a young guy. He was hip. He was a nice guy. I don't want to paint him in a bad light with a wheat and a chaff remark. So they go off to do their thing, and I text Lily, and I tell her I'm probably going to be late. Uh, I, I, I remember I said, I go, I don't even know when I'm leaving here, because I mean, if they're doing a cut, who knows? Um, so I go off, and they start, they put up on the board, they put on, like, the wheel bloopers, and uh, we saw, like, you know, they, all the people who missed puzzles. Like, there was one, uh, fingers and toes, but it was missing the F, the G, and the T, and this guy guessed minors and hoes. <laughs> H-O-E-S. And it was just like, dude, I, and, and it's so funny. He met hoes like a minor, like, you know, like a big fucking truck, but it didn't matter. Sajak started crying. He was laughing so hard. And uh, there was one, uh, a gathering of well-wishers, but it was missing the W-E and the, and the W-I. And this guy's at a gathering of pill pushers. <laughs> and Sajak's like, you know, it's, it's the wheel of fortune. You are aware you are where you're at. It was just funny to watch Sajak make fun of people because I'll tell you what, when we were watching, because uh, my friends Chip and Pat have done the Wheel of Fortune before. So when I told them when I was going to audition, they're like, dude, you're going to crush it. It's going to be great. And they go, and the best part is to watch Sajak because he's just on autopilot. He's been doing this for you know 30 years or whatever. And uh, and he just, I watched the shows. I've been watching it now for the past month or three weeks. And he's just, he he's a conversationalist. That's all he does. You know what? I wanted to be paid to come to people's towns to talk to them and stuff. So that's what Sajak does. All he does is he keeps it moving. He just keeps, he's driving the bus. 
bus. Sajak is driving the hangman bus. That's all he's fucking doing, and he's crushing it. He's really good at it. And you know how good he is, because then when you watch this blooper show, he's got to talk to Vanna, and Vanna... I, I've had better conversations with a statue. I mean, I don't know what... She she still, to this day, is stilted on camera and trying to deliver lines and try to be funny. And she's not trying to be funny. She's not over-trying. The point is she's under-trying because she knows that's not her forte. She's a clothes rack. That's all she is. She's a hanger with legs. And so that's what they want her to do is go out there and throw the, show the fucking clothes off and spin the wheel and, or, I'm sorry, spin the letters and good for her. Uh, but when they try to get her to talk, and again, I, I don't begrudge her anything. She's been in show business for 30 fucking years just standing there, which is great. Good for her. But still, at the same fucking time, it's just like, man, don't talk to Vanna ever. Ever. <laughs> Pat gets a better conversation out of these fucking lunkheads who are on the panel. By the way, I'm, I really hope I'm one of the lunkheads on the panel. Because I'm, you know what? It's funny because I'm going to go bankrupt, folks. I can't do that. I need to get on there. I need to go on Wheel of Fortune, who's one of the main components is when guys hit bankrupt on the wheel. That's going to really hit home for me because if I hit bankrupt on the wheel, I am bankrupt. I have to win. This is even a lark. I need to get on Wheel of Fortune and fucking win. I have to have a victory, goddammit. So they go off, they figure out what they're going to do. And I'm sitting in my chair and I'm talking to Stuart and he seems like a nice guy. And he tells me, he's like, hey man, they're keeping you. I said, come on. And he goes, I mean, which in reality in my head, I'm like, God, I hope they keep me. But I can't be like, oh dude, I hope so. Or uh, whatever. But I'm just like, come on. I go, they're keeping you for sure. I go, you crushed it on live at New York at Saturday night. Uh, live from New York at Saturday night. And he's like, yeah, I didn't know until the eyes came up. I go, I knew I was staring right at you. Uh, I don't know why I had to be one step ahead of Stuart. He seems like a nice kid from Long Beach. So, uh, uh, and I, I should tell you this too, uh, I recognize the irony and the fact that, uh, in order to try to get on the show, I became everything that I hated, uh, essentially because, you know, normally I'm the guy sitting in the back of the room with a smirk on his face going, look at you, you fucking girly swat trying to get noticed. But now I got to win the wheel of fortune folks. I mean, I have no choice. I can't be bankrupt. I can't. I have to be victorious for in the wheel of fortune. I have to make a win, uh, make a win. I have to win the fucking thing. So, so I was enthusiastic, and I I was still being funny about it, like saying the names Bobby and all that, and pointing and clapping and smiling. Um, I should tell you that too. When I was guessing, when I was spinning and playing sprinkles or cupcakes, she kept telling me to smile. She's like, smile, smile, uh, because I was kind of you know intense, playing severe. So I should tell you, when I was making fun of the names, and I'm not making fun, but I was saying all the names, there was a couple in front of me, and their their gimmick was they were fiancés, and they wanted to be on fiancé week if that ever came up. So they're like, make sure you put that on your application. Uh, but every time I would say somebody's name, they'd look at each other and smirk. Uh, like, pff, like this guy. Uh, but I didn't fucking care, because again, uh, folks, I have to win the Wheel of Fortune. So they come in, and they got all the tests and stuff, and they said, all right. We apologize. Not everybody can be on the show. Uh, we're going to go through and we're going to call names. If we call your name, please stay. Do not applaud. Keep the applause to yourself uh, until the end, of course. But uh, if you didn't make it, thank you so much for coming. You can try again in a year. Uh, but if you did make it, well, uh, you know, just stick around, stay in your chair. Stay in the same chair, please. All right. So Karen, blah, blah, blah. And they say her and Mike S. Mike Schmidt. They kept me. And I was the second dude they kept. Like, I was the second name. So, and you had to say, yeah, or woohoo, or whatever the fuck. So I'm just like, yep. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> and then the funniest thing was, because I, so, I was so in the mode of, like, trying to be, like, you know, promoting it and trying to be all enthusiastic. Uh, then they said, Mike O, Mike O'Neill. And I went, 
Like, which is just a stupid thing I do. I, all right, I do that on the plane. I think I told you this. I do this on the plane sometimes. When they'll go, your captain is Scott Jorgensen. And I'll go, Scott. And I'll clap. Uh, and people will look at me like, what? You're, you're an idiot. And I, I don't care because I think it's really funny. So when they said Mike O'Neill, I clapped. And I went, hold your applause. What are you doing? Stupid stop. You're already in. Don't you? You got the job. So I fucking throttled down. And they kept, out of, out of the 80 people that were there, uh, they kept 20. 20 people. And I was one of them. And they go, all right. And so they clear the room of the riffraff. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sitting there. And, uh, and they go, all right, stay in your seats. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to play a more intense version of the game. Ooh. Where you guys actually get to come up here. And uh, you will spin the wheel. You will be enthusiastic and do everything that we asked you to do before. But it'll be as if you're on television. Because we are going to film it. And we're going to make sure that we see how you do gameplay and celebrate and how you how you play. We like people who make logical guesses. We like people who guess the right letters. Uh, we, yeah. Well, but I'm serious because they because uh, you know I promised my friends when I was a kid. I said if I ever get on, you know that the first I will call a cue for my friends. Like I would say, is there a cue, Pat? And he will go what? And I'll go ah, it was for the UN of evil. You know what I mean? But uh, I won't be doing that now because I have to win the Wheel of Forge uh, if I somehow get passed. So. Uh, but regardless, this is my shot. So I'm in the room with 20 people, and they go, all right, we're going to take your Polaroids. So they walk around, and they start taking pictures of everybody. That's how they have to do it. They're like, stand up, and you know they got to take a picture. So I stand up, and uh, I, I smiled. Because, I mean, again, she was like, make sure big smile, big smile. Because you could see that, obviously, they had talked about that outside. we got to get him to smile. We have to make sure. Uh, and so I smiled, and I got my Polaroid taken, and they took photos of everybody else, and we sat down. They go, okay, we're going to call five people, and you're going to come up here and play the game. We're going to put a puzzle up, and we want you to actually spin the wheel, like mime spinning the wheel, and then everybody's clapping just like you're on television. And be enthusiastic, but also at the same time, be logical, try to win. So uh, they call up these five girls, and they go up there, and, uh, and they start spinning and playing. And uh, I, I keep clapping, Carol, come on, Carol. Jeannie, come on, Jean. I'm just being an idiot and making myself laugh uh, and smiling. And and I'm also people are laughing with me like they're and they're all starting to do it with me. Kind of like that's when I know my my particular brand of nonsense is working is when other people hop on board instead of looking at me askance like what is that guy doing but when other people start going come on gene yeah gene i get the whole room into it and it's like oh you've just changed the entire vibe i mean it's harder to do in a room of 80 because there is going to be shy people and all that but now i'm in a room of 20 concentrated we've boiled down the nonsense <laughs> we took we took just like a whole pile of nonsense sugar and we boiled it down into a nonsense caramel so I've got a nonsense caramel right now, and I am I am the absolute lead cube in this caramel, and I am fucking cheering and saying names, and so everybody's going, "Come on, Genie, come on!" And I'm I'm giving people nicknames like an idiot, you know what I mean? It's like, "Oh, come on, sleeves," you know, just being stupid, because it's funny to me. So I'm having a good time, and I'm cheering, and, uh, and they solve the puzzle, and then they they let four people sit down, and they keep one person, they bring more people up, and those people play, and then they call me. They're like Connor and Mike Schmidt, and da-da-da, and we all go up to the front. And it was Lisa with a Z next to me, and then Connor, uh, Connor Z. No, Lisa Z. Because I, but I kept calling her, but I kept calling her Lisa with a Z. Come on, Lisa with a Z. Uh, so, so Lisa Z's on my left, Connor's on my right, and then there's three other people on the other side. And uh, and we went right into gameplay. There was no interview. All right, because I, I got to be honest, I was like, I can pull off the interview, but I'm also a little hinky about it because you don't want to try too hard and be that guy. 
uh, and they were always saying they're like big voice, and you could tell when we in the eighty, like you could see people who had no voice or just like they weren't didn't know how to play, they forgot to spin. I mean, it was just, dude, you're falling apart. You're falling apart, and we will see you in a year. So they bring the six of us up, and uh, song lyrics is our title. Aww. Song lyrics. So, uh, so the first girl spins and she guesses and uh, she's wrong. And then the second girl spins and I'm just, you know, come on, let's go, let's do it. I'm, I'm cheering. And then the second person gets it and uh, she guesses uh, an N. And uh, the N comes up, yay, you know, and she goes, I want to buy a vowel. And she's like, I think I'd like to buy an O. So she buys an O. So the, uh, the first, first word is O-N, it's an on. And then there's four other words. And the O's come up, there's a lot of them, okay? So the O's are up, and uh, she spins, and then she guesses a K, and it's not there. And then we go to the third girl, and she spins. She spins, and she guesses a B, and there is no B. And it comes to Connor. And Connor spins. Uh, I should tell you, Connor told us a little bit about himself. He moved to Southern California from the Bay Area to become a tax accountant. He's been here a year, and he loves it. (laughs) So Connor spins the wheel. And Connor guesses a T. And uh, the T comes up. It's uh, the, in the second word. It's the first letter. So we got on T and then three other words. And then he spins again. He spins again. We're all clapping. We're going crazy. I'm like, come on, Connor. And then he guesses an H. Because immediately when you say a small word with a T, you go for the H because you try to complete it. So they say, all right. And so it's up to him. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to, get, I'm going to buy a vowel. I'm going to buy an E. So he finishes the the the. the. So now we've got on the three words. And I know it, by the way. I should tell you this. I knew it uh, before he bought the E. Once I saw it was on the, I knew what it was. The second, because I felt, I wasn't sure. I knew on, and I, in my head I was like, well, there's only, a, I just, it, it just unfolded in my brain the second I saw on, and I knew. But unfortunately, it's not going to get to me because the five O's are up, and he guesses the the, and I'm like, well, there's no way nobody's going to, he's going to miss it. So then he buys an I. And, uh, and there's a, a bunch of eyes. There's two of them, I think. And they come up and he goes, all right. Uh, and you should know it by now at this point. So he goes, well, I'm going to spin again. And uh, he spins again and they go, oh, and they put him on lose a turn. So it comes to me and she looks, and it's funny. The woman name was, I think Ashley. She's like, all right, big smile, Mike Schmidt. Let's do this. And I go, come on, let's do this. Let's spin it up. And I grab the fake wheel and I spin it and she spins the wheel and it lands on 500. And I said, L. Because I know there are three L's. And this is another thing that people weren't doing, was they were ignoring what they were winning. Okay? So they'd land on 500, and then they'd get like four T's. So that's $2,000. But they'd just go, spin! Like they were ignoring the money. The whole point is they want you to be playing like you're fucking playing. So it landed on 500 for me, and I said, L! And uh, three L's come up. And I said, oh, I said, Connor, $1,500, Connor. And I started clapping. <laughs> And I go, I'm going to spin. And I go, all right, spin. Cause they, and now you definitely know what it is with, the, with all the L's and the O's and the I's. There's, there's nothing else it could possibly be. But I'm fucking going for it. I am going for more money. I'm because I'm, I'm, And sure enough, so they knew that. So I did it, and that landed on $5,000. And they go, $5,000. And I just go, I got to take the P. <laughs> and they put it up. And it's, uh, and I go, I'm going to solve this puzzle. <laughs> and she goes, what is it? And I said, on the good ship lollipop. And they go, absolutely. Yeah. And everybody goes crazy. And I fucking, 
turn around and I walk over to Connor and I I get right in his face. I mean, I don't even like I don't if I don't because look, this is stupid to do and I know it, but I don't fucking care, but it's who I am, it's what I do. And sure enough, I go on the good ship lollipop and they go, "Yay!" and they all start clapping and I turn around and Connor's got his back to me and I walk up and I'm I'm like 3 inches from him and he turns around and I go, "Come on, Connor, head in the game." And I smack him on the ass. <laughs> I go, that's $10,000, Connor. <laughs> and I turn around and I go, back to my spot. Because he wasn't even looking at me. And then when he turned, he looked, come on, Connor. Head in the game. Smacked him on the ass. That's $10,000, Connor. <laughs> I go, back to my spot. They're fucking dying. People behind me dying. And I'm just standing there. I go, yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Like the meanest guy in the history of Wheel of Fortune. Just like this villain. I need to grow a fucking crazy handlebar mustache. If I had a rope, I would have tied Connor to the train tracks. It was fucking devastating. Walked right up to him because he's like got his back to me. He's not even looking. And I'm, I, I'm standing there like a fight. Literally like a fight. But also having fun. I was smiling. I smiled the whole time. Actually, I'm smiling. And he turns around. He looks at me. And I go, come on, Connor. Head in the game. Smacked him on the ass. That's ten thousand dollars, Connor. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking, they just die. Literally, literally, like they almost put. They just put all the papers down and like cleared the room. Like, yeah, all right, this is over. And I didn't give a fuck because you know what? I just wanted to be me. That's all I wanted to do was be me, because I can be whatever in these bite-sized things, and I can write down charming, handsome, and loved. But you know what? I got to prove to you why I'm charming, handsome, and loved, and here's why. Because Connor, wannabe tax accountant from the Bay Area who's been in Los Angeles for a year and he loves it, let me smack him on the ass and went nuts. Yeah, he was so excited. Who's this new dude smacking me in the ass? Who cares? That's $10,000, Connor. <laughs> and I walk back to my spot and just fucking stand there. And they're just like, yeah, all right. Spin it, Lisa, with a Z. I, I got a minute to be me. That's all I wanted to fucking do. So she spins it. And, uh, you know, we finished like another puzzle. It didn't come to me again. And they dismissed us. They go, go sit down. They brought up the last group to play. And I'm just sitting on the chair and Stuart looks at me because he had, he was going to go up to play. And I went and I, and then when he comes back as they bring up the, the, or he was in the last group. And when he came back, uh, I, he had a shirt that he had won when he solved the puzzle and I just fucking like whipped it at him and he caught it and he sat down and he goes, you're going to be on the show. I said, I don't know, man. You never know. And he goes, you're, you're going to be on the show. He goes, you know, when you sit here, you can see people and you know who, who knows what. He goes, I, I respect you. Like, I, like, it was so weird. He was like, I respect you. I respect because you knew how to play, but also you kept the enthusiasm in the room. Like, everybody, everybody followed your lead. I've never, that was great. And I'm like, well, we'll see. I mean, they'll either like it or they won't. But in my head, I'm like, you're goddamn right they're going to like it because they got to fucking see it. So, so then, uh, they continued to play games and they, uh, they played three more rounds with three, they brought up three more groups. I was in none of the groups, which means one of two things. Either they decided they had seen enough out of me and they didn't need to consider me for the show or they'll put me on the show tomorrow. That's what I thought sitting in the chair anyway. So, uh, 
So they fucking, they, the, it ends finally and they give us the speech and they're like, listen, here's the way it works. Not all of you are going to get on the show. Maybe none of you get on the show. But if you do get on the show, you will have a letter from us in your mailbox, not an email. We will send you a letter in two weeks. You will have a letter in your box from two weeks from today. And that will tell you when you're coming. And if you live in Los Angeles locally, we'll probably bring you in twice because we'll need you as a backup contestant. And then the second time you'll definitely be on the show. They said, but if you're from out of town, <clears throat> you may be, you know, called in to come in and uh, you may be invited. Or you may not be invited. Who knows? They said, plus, if you're from Los Angeles, we may do a show in Hawaii and you may be invited to be on that show. And then you're responsible for airfare and hotel. You have to get yourself to wherever we're taping. They go, we don't do that a lot. But if we think you will fit a certain show uh, because they asked you too. they said, what shows do you like? Does anybody here like adventure uh, diving, cliff diving, scuba diving? Does anybody here like golf and tennis? They go, make sure you put that down because we have major league baseball week. We have NFL week. And if you want to be on those weeks, make sure you tell us. And those may be somewhere else. And then you'll have to get yourself there. Uh, but thank you so much for participating, but you will know in two weeks, you'll have a letter in your mailbox to see whether or not you're on the show. Thanks. And, uh, they gather all their stuff up and we are all getting ready to leave and we go to walk out and they walked out past us. And one of the women, I, I, there was like three of them, but one of them walked by and she looked at me and she just thumbs up and just walked out <laughs> like, like that's good, good for you basically. And, uh, and I don't know if she did that to everybody. She might've, but I just happened to catch her eye and she was just like, mm -hmm, yeah. And uh, of course I smacked her on the ass immediately. <laughs> <laughs> So we went to walk outside and, uh, and everybody, it was just, I've done this before where the entire room of people looks to you and just goes, what, what did you do? Why are you, who are you? And why are you doing that? Because they're civilians and they're not used to a jackass in their midst. <laughs> Seriously, it would be like if you were at a restaurant and Thor walked in. <laughs> Everybody's there enjoying their fucking patty melts. And the goddamn God of Thunder walks in the door and you're like, holy shit, what do we do now? I don't know, but follow him. Do whatever he says and think it's great. Because I smacked Connor in the ass with Mjolnir and fucking did my job. That's $10,000, Connor! Ha <laughs> ha! So we got two weeks, man. We got two fucking weeks to wait and see for that fucking letter to show up in my mailbox. And I tell you what, folks, I cannot wait. I cannot wait until I grab my keys two weeks from now and I walk out to the mailbox and I open it up and there is a fucking stationary envelope that says Wheel of Fortune on the outside. And I will, you know what? I won't even open it at the mailbox. I won't. I will bring it in my house because it deserves the reverence of being indoors. <laughs> It deserves the reverence of being indoors and I cannot wait to get into my house and I will close the door and I will lock it to make sure that a stubborn wind does not come and blow it out of my hand and take it away from me. I will not have my opportunity stolen by the elements. I'm the God of thunder, damn it. I should be in control of the wind. I'm not going to have it fucking take away my only opportunity because I am in to win the fucking wheel of fortune. I have to do it. I can't be bankrupt, folks. I can't be that guy, so I will get in my house and I will lock the door and I will get my letter opener and I will open up that Wheel of Fortune envelope and I will pull out the letter and I will read it and it will say, That's $10,000, Connor! <laughs> <laughs> so we got two weeks, man. We got two fucking weeks to wait and see. 
for that fucking letter to show up in my mailbox. And I tell you what, folks, I cannot wait. I cannot wait until I grab my keys two weeks from now and I walk out to the mailbox and I open it up and there is a fucking stationary envelope that says Wheel of Fortune on the outside. And I will, you know, I won't even open it at the mailbox. I won't. I will bring it in my house because it deserves the reverence of being indoors. (laughs) It deserves the reverence of being indoors. And I cannot wait to get into my house and I will close the door and I will lock it to make sure that a stubborn wind does not come and blow it out of my hand and take it away from me. I will not have my opportunity stolen by the elements. I'm the god of thunder, damn it. I should be in control of the wind. I'm not going to have it fucking take away my only opportunity. Because I am in to win the fucking Wheel of Fortune. I have to do it. I can't be bankrupt, folks. I can't be that guy. So I will get in my house and I will lock the door and I will get my letter opener and I will open up that Wheel of Fortune envelope and I will pull out the letter and I will read it and it will say, thank you for your participation, but we have decided to go in another direction at this time. (laughs) But if possible, can we keep your name on file for any future jackass opportunities that may arise? You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can uh, be my friend Dave Hernandez, who does all the music and uh, all the cool artwork for the show. Be his friend at Facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. You can be Lily Von Stupp's friend at Facebook.com slash Lily Von Stupp. You can follow her at two different Twitter accounts, Twitter.com slash MNTs and Twitter.com slash FN Happy Hour. And uh, if you'd like to write her a personal note. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> And find out how she does that amazing card trick that she pulled off on Monday night. Thank you. You can write her at lily at burlesque411.com. That's lily, L-I-L-I, at burlesque411.com. Bow before me, ignorant asshat! I am Yeep! Hail to Thorgar, lord of the seventh circle of hell! Instructing you to go to zazzle.com slash 40-year-old boy Want to remind you folks about the Monday Night Tees every Monday night at the Three Clubs on Santa Monica and Vine. I happen to know the guy who works the door. If you grease his palm, maybe you'll get in. We'll see. Uh, But I also happen to know the producer of that show, and I know that she frowns on that sort of behavior. And she happens to be here right now. Her name is Lily Von Stupp. Hey, Lily. Hello, Michael. How are you? That's fantastic news. And uh, we talked a little bit about the Monday Night Tees this week. I never, you know, I don't think I ever finished. So you wore Buster Balloon's zoot suit and you did uh, card tricks and you had a weird skin cap on your head. Uh, But what we did not mention was that Buster Balloon did Lily's I'm So Tired routine wearing her lingerie and wearing a lady costume and having full makeup and a wig. And uh, and he and it was a really smart move to have him open it oh, yeah. because it set the tone for the whole night and it also got the message across. It was really good. I like the way you mixed it up. Yeah. But hold on, hold on. Yeah. But let me tell you something. Every event that has ever gone on on the earth, you can always say except for the two drunk girls. No matter what, a baseball game, a fucking cockfight, anything at all. You could describe it and you could say how bad it was or how good it was, and you'll have to always throw in the caveat, except for the two drunk girls. So pay them no mind. 
but it was an amazing show and it was a really good job and the card trick was amazing I, I referenced it but that was fun uh, so yeah you're doing magic look at you branching out well, that's why, and that's why I for the next one trick. Well, and you learned it well, though. That's all you need to you do. Only need one trick to confuse people. Well, I am still confused to this day. <laughs> but don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't ever want to know. It's funny. I was doing. I did that. I did two podcasts when I mentioned uh, I was on the road. I did Fun Employment Radio, which I would do every day. They were so great. They're broadcasters. They used to work for CBS, and then they wound up doing a podcast after there was a purge, and they do a Blazers TV show up in Portland, but they were so nice to me and so cool and really professional and engaging. Like They wanted to hear from me and also wanted to participate in the conversation, because uh, a lot of times you'll get people who go, just talk, and they'll kind of like read the paper and check the clock, but they were in it, man. It was a lot of fun, and Kenny uh, worked at Fun Employment Radio. He then offered to come and work the door for me at the at the theater. I'll call for Portland next week. I'll talk a little bit about it. Yeah. So they were really fun and nice. And then I did on the podcast you wrote in on with my friend Michael. And uh, he, you know, he's the guy who looks like Matthew Sweet. He drove me around the last time I was in Portland. And um, I referenced Sean McMaster because I, you know, I always make fun of magic on here and it's silly and whatever, but I have, I don't want to know how he did that final trick. I, I have no interest in knowing it, it, yeah. when he did it. I, I sat there and went, this is this is what it's supposed to be. It's silly and fun, and also it makes you go. I have no idea how that was done, and I don't want to know. I because I never I don't want to know how tricks are done. If you if you do a trick, magic is magic, and I don't whatever. But if it's done and it's done well, I don't want to know how it was done. I still want to be fooled. It was great. So your card trick fooled me. And it was a really nice job. Uh, and you've got a show coming up this Friday. Yes. At the uh, Friday night happy hour, the Effin happy hour. Effin happy hour. Yeah. And are you you're hosting as always on Fridays? And then who's uh, performing? Who's dancing? Uh, Gosh, I have uh, Frankie Sin, who is, uh, she doesn't perform with us very often in L.A. proper. She's out of the O.C. Delighted to have her coming up. Um, May Lust, Dr. Lust, um, gosh, there's uh, Carmel Knowledge and one other, and I can't remember who it is, and I feel bad. And then I have Shotzi and Loudermilch, which is a psychic duo. And I got to tell you, I don't necessarily like psychics, but they are freaking amazing. So, are funny psychics or amazing psychic? Uh, or both? Funny amazing. Oh, good. Okay. Funny amazing. It's a, it's a wonderful routine. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and I will not be there this Friday. I will be uh, engaged elsewhere. We will talk about that later. And then uh, the Monday Night Tease next week. Uh, it's our Gotham Girls show. We've teamed up with Yachty Presents out of the OC. We took Meat Fest down there. Stop calling it the OC. Why? Just say Orange County. Good. And then she's bringing <laughs> up her Gotham Girls show, which is all DC Comics. Oh, okay. Batman and Robin and... Uh, Black Canary. Uh, no, we have <laughs> Poison Ivy. Batmite. Um, the Penguin. Aqualad. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm guessing DC Heroes. I'm trying to participate. No, no. No Aqualad? No. I'm not. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, well, good. That sounds fun. There's a Batman and a Joker and a Poison Ivy and... All right, so that's Gotham Girls Burlesque on uh, Monday, and that's April 8th, yeah. I believe. So, yeah, so they come out to the three clubs on Santa Monica and Vine. Show is at 10 o'clock p.m., and then uh, there's drinking and dancing until 2 oh, after the yeah. show. Everybody has fun. And, uh, and or you can go to breakfast with the strippers. That's always fun, too. Breakfast with the strippers. <laughs> that's a lot of fun. Um <laughs> Remember, you can go to Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy and be my friend. And there are, uh, I will tell you, live stuff is on hold right now. New, new live stuff. Um, I was going to talk about this earlier. Well, I'll talk about this in a second. Give me one second. We'll talk about it. But right now, let me just tell you that uh, there is live stuff that is scheduled. Uh, tickets are available now for May 11th. 
in Detroit. That's actually in Mount Clemens. It's not Detroit proper. Uh, proper. It's a little bit outside of Detroit. But I will be in Mount Clemens, uh, Michigan at the Box Theater on Saturday, May 11th. Tickets are available now at brownpapertickets.com. You can go there and search my name or search the 40-year-old boy. You will find it, and that will be awesome. Uh, and then I will tell you that uh, this weekend... This is kind of important. Um, we are recording my CD for Special Thing Records, and uh, I'm, I'm still up in the air. I don't know what it's called. I don't know uh, what I'm going to say. I'm still figuring it all out. But uh, after Portland last week, I feel a lot better about it. I was, uh, I was worried, and, uh, but we'll talk about Portland next week, uh, and we'll talk about San Francisco next week. We'll have a whole rundown next week on uh, what I'm calling uh, Episode 53 of uh, Year 5, because uh, did I even talk about this? I don't think I did. I was going to cover it later. Um, if you look at your little square down there right now, you'll see this is episode 52, which should normally be the end of the year for the 40 year old boy year five. However, uh, I did a couple of clip shows, which I never, I never mind because there's new content in them. I will come here. I will talk and I will surround the clips with actual verbiage. But there was one week where Lily was so sick, so ill on her deathbed that I could not come here and I could not record. So we threw up a rerun and we literally called it rerun. And Mex painted Fred Berry rerun as the artwork. And we just gave you a show from year one and we just threw it up there. It was and it was literally the the that even with the old music, the old Van Halen music and everything. So uh so I don't feel right grouping that into the set of year five when I sell them. Uh Lily tells me I'm crazy. Uh she's like, people don't care. You know, you do three hour shows, four hour shows. I, I don't I'm weird, yes. I'm crazy. And so I don't feel I feel it's cheating to only do fifty one shows and a rerun from year one. If you already own year one, you're getting shorted. And uh and I know that's insane, but that's how I feel. So next week, uh will be episode fifty three. It's gonna be a bonus show. Uh I don't know what it's going to be yet. It'll be a lot of talking. I know that, and I have an idea that might be fun, but I have to I have to make some arrangements and see if that's going to work. Um, but yeah, so that's next week, and uh, and uh, that'll be next week's show. So there, and then the interlude will be in two weeks. And uh, I I'm going to tell you right now, the interlude. If you go, you know what, um, if you go listen to on the road uh, on the podcast you wrote in on, I keep messing the name up with my friend Michael from Portland. Uh, I gave a hint about the interlude, not a big one, but just a tiny one. And uh, and so he was like he was excited when I did that. Um, and, and so maybe that's, you go listen and just, and again, it's, it's a, like I said, it's just a tiny one, but it's still, it's in there. So, and it's worth listening. Cause I'll tell you what, it was just me and Michael talking and he was also, he did a really nice job. I mentioned fun employment radio was great. Michael was great cause he's a fan. So he just wanted to talk. And, uh, and so we did, we just goofed around. He actually came to my hotel room. He brought all of his equipment and we recorded in there and, and, uh, it was funny. I thought it was really funny. I, I did an annoying thing in there. See if you can pick it up. If you can write me and tell me, cause I can't wait to hear what you feel about it. Um, but it's an annoying habit that I've gotten into that I need to stop. But you'll hear it. It's prevalent on his podcast. I heard myself do it a couple times, and I'm like, stop it. Stop it. So I had to consciously make an effort to not do it. <laughs> so by all means, listen to that show. It's great. How terrible is that? I did this awful thing a couple times, but go and listen. But no, it was really fun. Fun Employment Radio and on the podcast you wrote in, or the podcast you wrote in, or on the podcast you wrote in on, uh, search that in iTunes. You will find them both. Download them. They are great. I, did, I, I felt great about both appearances, so those are available now. Remember, as I mentioned, uh, I was starting to talk about this weekend, Friday, April 5th. That's tomorrow night, because you're hearing this on Thursday. Friday, April 5th, at the Darkroom Theater in San Francisco, 8 o'clock. I'm recording my CD for a special thing, Records. Uh, tickets are available now at brownpapertickets.com. I can tell you this, we are close to selling out which I'm really excited about. Yeah. So uh, so go grab tickets. Um, get online tickets. They're only available today, which is Thursday. And uh, I, will, I won't know if there's going to be walk-up tickets until Friday morning. But right now, 
it's kind of a crapshoot. So if I was you, I would buy them online because uh, people have been very nice and been gobbling them up, which is really cool. So go ahead and get them. That would be uh, something I would appreciate and everybody would love it, including me. <laughs> um, so like I said, May 11th in Detroit, April 5th. That's tomorrow night in San Francisco. And then, uh, you know, I want to do other live stuff, but it's just, uh, it's a weird time right now. I will start putting it together. Uh, and that's what we need to talk about because I'm going to be at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in two weeks. Uh, that's April 18th or seven, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. And I think I'm only there on the 19th and the 20th. I, I have not been given a schedule just yet, so I can't tell you when I'm performing, where, what, I don't know anything about it. All I know is I've been invited and I'm supposed to be there and I bought a plane ticket. So I sure hope they have some so, uh, shows scheduled for me, <laughs> but I can also tell you this. Um, I was looking at that show as being the kickoff to starting to do a new live show to have different stories than the one man. Um, now, I will tell you this. When I get to Detroit, I'm probably going to do the regular one man uh, because that was what you guys were, you signed up for and you were going to see anyway. So I would, I would want to do that for you guys. But Bridgetown, I want to start shaping a new thing. So I'm going to ask you guys to, uh, to, to recommend some stories that you'd want to hear on stage. I have an idea. Obviously, I have plenty of ideas for what the shows are going to be. But... Uh, and I won't share them because why the fuck bore you with that? But if you have specific requests or there's something that you think you would want to see live or you'd want to hear me talk about, uh, go ahead and let me know. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, um, but at the same time, it may jibe with what I'm thinking. What are you making fun of me for? Because <laughs> I'm like, hey, do all this work and then I will ignore it. But <laughs> I'd like to see you in the wilderness working your wife. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Could you, could you write a paragraph of description about that? <laughs> a descriptive paragraph? So I can reject you out of hand. Maybe I do that. Maybe I go on the road as Jack off Wolf Spit. Maybe I just get a costume, do all that. That's perfect. <laughs> That's funny. Um, you know what? Sadly, a month ago, that probably would have worked. We're down a cast member. Um, so, you know, recommend some stories. Recommend some things that you would be interested in. <laughs> Really? You can write that down? That's the possible title? We got a lot of possible titles today. That's good. Um, people don't want that. So please remember that those tickets are available at Brown Paper Tickets. And please remember, to, you know, let me know what you think about stories and stuff like at Bridgetown or, you know, in the coming weeks and uh, the shows that I'm going to be doing live and trying to shape it. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to figure it out. Uh, but yeah, any of your input is always appreciated. Uh, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com and go to the Joe Business page. We've got plenty of stuff on sale there for you. Uh, TweakedAudio.com slash 40 is a huge sponsor of this show. Go get autoerotic asphyxiation earbuds and cockering watches. Always available there at TweakedAudio.com slash 40. Or, like I said, get there through the Joe Business page. We've got mugs available from Zazzle. Now, I'll tell you this. Uh, you, you may notice the prices have gone up on the mugs. Not my doing. Zazzle went with a 12% price increase across the board. And then wrote me, and they're like, hey, you should adjust your uh, price so you can get more profit. And I'm like, uh, maybe you shouldn't raise fucking prices, Zazzle, you dicks. Uh, but that's that. I, you know, I could take the mugs down, but they're up there if anybody wants them. But please know that I was not the guy who went in and fucking tried to rape you on a price. Um, that seems strong. <laughs> price of a mug. That's a word I shouldn't use. I, whatever. Um, so uh, please also know that there is artwork available. And uh, Jeannie. 
uh, you or Ginny or Jeannie, I, I don't know how to pronounce your name, but you've been very cool and patient. And I will, uh, I have to figure out exactly what to do with your artwork, but thank you so much for getting back to me. And uh, Erica, uh, we will get you your artwork as well. Again, Max was off the grid for a while, but we're going to get that all kicked up and ready to go. But please know, you guys, I do know that you've ordered artwork and it's going to be on the way. Jeannie ordered three pieces of artwork. So I, as soon as that, uh, it'll get to me and it'll be signed by me and Lily and we'll figure it all out, but it'll, it'll go your way. Um, so again, artwork is available. That's autographed artwork from the show, uh, any of the explosions of id, any of the Facebook timelines as well, if you want those. Uh, please know that there is also year one, year two, year three, and year four download sets available individually, or you can buy them together as part of the podcast, the Caribbean set. Uh, with uh, on on Stranger Schmitz and all those different titles that we have that I forget to always plug, but they're funny and they were funny when we wrote them. Um, the Schmitty Comes Alive download set is available. That is the uh, five dollar download of me at the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. Ninety minutes and a really good calling card for what I do. If you want to share it with someone that you know and let them hear it, and they will go, "Yay, I like that guy." Uh, <laughs> that'll probably happen. So that's, uh, yeah, mugs and tweaked audio. And, oh, and T-shirts. I will tell you this. There are, uh, there's the Scar Panda and there is Red Boy. Those are the year five T-shirts. They may be getting phased out. There may be a new design. We, we got to figure all that out. But I can tell you right now, there are shirts available. I will have shirts available in San Francisco. Now, I am out of the big sizes, the 3X, the 2X. I am even out of the black XL. And I think I'm out of the black mediums now. I'm not sure. I have to figure that out. Uh, God damn it. I got to figure a lot of stuff out <laughs> i had a hiccup there in the middle of it uh so yeah i need to uh but i will have shirts available this weekend in san francisco and i will actually have an old san francisco shirt the the one that said the schmitty if anybody wants that it's a medium i think and i have a couple of old shirts too as well but i will bring those and those are always on sale at the shows for 20 bucks and uh but i again i will tell you i, I only have extra large reds left and then there's large medium and small in both colors so those will be coming with me to san francisco and i'm on a plane in a couple hours as a matter of fact because we have talked and talked and had a great time uh here in lily's house uh but it's now time for me to have a good time at my house because <laughs> I got to do my own packing and I got to do all that stuff because, again, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Uh, <laughs> but that's fine. I'll, I'll take care of it. But I have to go now because I have to pack and get on a plane. And I, I'm, it's so funny. I was supposed to get a ride to the airport from my friend Tyler. Uh, who's the host of Battleship Pretension podcast that I've done a million times, and he has the kind of the same hours that I have. He drove me to the airport for Portland last week, so he should have never done that because then I'm uh, how about San Francisco? Like I'm terrible. I'm calling him, hey, please, um, and he agreed, and everything was going to be fine. And then as I was in the Wheel of Fortune today, I got a text, like five texts from him. He got strep throat, and uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm I'm so sorry. I know this is not what you need right now. It's so late in the game. I do apologize. And then like I, an hour later. I get a, a text from him and it just says, hey, I talked to the doctor and he says if I take my medicine, I shouldn't be contagious. So I, I don't mind taking you to the airport tonight. I'm like, no, I'm sorry, patient zero. I don't think I'll be getting in your car. I would rather walk to the fucking airport than get strep throat before I went to fucking San Francisco. I mean, it's nice of him to step up. And it's like, and it also shows what a nice guy he is, that he would literally get out of his sick bed and take more medicine to take me to the airport because he felt bad about letting me down. But he wasn't letting me down. And I, and, but I, it's that thing where someone's doing you an amazing favor and then they tell you that they can't do it and you get that real flash of mad in your head like fuck what am i going to do now but then your head you just go well no you why are you mad this guy was going to help you out uh but it doesn't matter you get that initial blast and so i i wrote him and i'm just like dude stay in bed i you, you can't get out of bed or anything uh you know even though you want to type dude yeah i'll take the ride because it, it just it cuts all the hassle off but at the same fucking time i i can't like i i part of me wanted to take the ride for him and just wear like a hazmat suit like and not tell him <laughs> 
and just sit in the back of his car and not say a word and just have like a fucking surgical mask like Michael Jackson and have him take me to the airport and everybody's gonna be like, what the fuck is that guy doing? Well, you know what I'm avoiding? I'm avoiding this motherfucker in the front seat who's got goddamn strep throat. Next time I do Battleship Pretension, we're just gonna talk about movies that have strep throat in them. I have no idea... Because I have a tone. Because you know why? Because I talk quickly and I don't I don't fucking think. That's why. I think that's what it means when you have a tone. Is you don't fucking bother to care what comes flying out of your goddamn mouth. I try to grow the show and I want people to get on board. And they're like, eh, I listen to it and you talk too fast. Really, I talk too fast. How the hell else am I supposed to cram all of this into a small three-hour window? Dude, this is there's no script. I just go over this shit on the fly. It makes me laugh. If it doesn't make you laugh, turn the fucking station. And by turn the station, I mean turn the wheel of your car right into a guardrail. Jesus, fuck. Hey, where are you, where are you going, boy, boy? <laughs>